Hey everybody, before we start this episode of the MinMax Show podcast, I wanted to jump in and tell you about Fixture Gaming and the Fixture S1. It is a very handy clip that they create to actually clip onto the Nintendo Switch Pro Controller so that you can game very comfortably on the go. Because what are you going to do? You can use those Joy-Cons on the side. It's not comfortable. But if you have the most comfortable Switch controller ready to go, it's perfect. All you do is you clip this on, slide the screen in on top of that. It's perfectly weighted, perfectly balanced. It's adjustable. Please check it out. And you can use the promo code MINMAX, all one word, of course, and two ends, of course, on Fixture Gaming's official site for $5 off there. And if you go to Amazon or Fixture Gaming's full site, you can get the full bundle, which includes the Fixture Gaming carry case, which, let me show this off. Hang on. Good zipper sounds. Crack this sucker open. It's got a slot in there for the Switch Pro Controller, so you can store that along with the Switch itself, the screen, and it's got a bunch of places for you to store your actual Switch cartridges. And because Fixture Gaming is so generous, they're giving away a Fixture S1 to somebody watching or listening to this right now. So if you share this episode of the MinMax Show podcast on Twitter and use the hashtag GamesFriendsGettingBetter, all one word. We're going to randomize it and ship it out to some lucky winner within the next week, and they get the custom MinMax Fixture S1. Thanks so much to Fixture Gaming, and on with the show. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. My name is Ben Hansen. I'm joined by Leo Vader. Wow, thank you. I'm joined by Suriel Vasquez. Hello. And I'm joined by Dan Reichert, special guest. That's me. I'm in Minnesota. How are you guys? What do you mean you're in Minnesota? We're doing this over Discord like we always do, right, I fellas? love this layout. This is the most seamless layout you've done on Discord <laughs> yet. This is the first in studio podcast recording we've done at MinMax since I, I checked the date March twelfth, twenty twenty. That sounds about right, and that wow. seems like we're really probably pushing it. It seems like early mm-hmm. March was that moment of like, all right, all right, stop being a jerk, everybody. Seriously, you need to figure out another way to do this. I feel like it was a little later that everything was like straight up shutting down. I remember I was uh, I was supposed to go to Detroit for a work conference, and I was like going to the airport, and then it was like. Uh, go to Orlando. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but thank you for watching this. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, hopefully, we don't sound radically different. We're always up for suggestions on how to improve the set, how to improve the audio. But we should mention... Impossible. Yeah, this is not the new standard. Uh, we still have people working uh, remote at MinMax, and so a majority of our podcasts are still going to be through Discord. Hopefully, it's not a deal-breaker uh, buzz killer for you hopefully it's just you know a boner groaner that's right hopefully though every once in a while we can get together in person for a nice in-person recording of the podcast or other bonus stuff so thank you for your support for letting us build out this new studio and for dan reichert for being here in person ah, i just uh, was at an airport like uh, an hour and a half ago now, yeah. now i'm sitting here at a table talking to you how are the folks. flights these days what's going on uh here? it was bonkers at the airport uh today in new jersey and because like, i think everyone has pre-check now so it's like the pre-check line takes longer than the normal one because you can do the thing mm. but but do you guys have the 85 dollar pre-check thing no, no i have a moral issue with it 
With the pre-check thing? Yes. What's the moral issue? It's ridiculous. The security is already fake and completely <laughs> imaginary. Yeah. And then to say, actually pay us more money to not have to participate to in it. To make it objectively <laughs> better to for you? To make it clear that this is all a sham. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It makes it better for me and worse for the well, world. Well, they bring you into a place and they ask you some questions like, hey, you're not going to blow up a plane, are you? And you're like, no. And they're like, okay, here you go. Uh, so there is like a security screening and stuff. And they say, so, really? Yeah, no, I'm definitely not. Sometime. I have no intention to doing that. <laughs> yeah. What if the plane really made you mad? <laughs> yeah. Did we change your mind? <laughs> what do we got to do? Oh, it's $85 for five fucking years and you can totally just never have to deal with that. Take your shoes off or any of that stuff. Okay. Be, be a fool not to. All right. Not outside of that, though, like it felt normal-ish or everybody's masked in the airports? Uh, You have to. Yeah. The, the airport and, and the plane itself, for sure. Like, it's weird stuff where it's like there's no uh, no cash transactions. So if you want to buy something, it's all got to be on, like, the United app or whatever. So there's all sorts of little differences and stuff. But the times I've flown uh, lately have been normal outside of the masks and the, the payment stuff. Nice. Yeah. Do they cool. feel about as crowded as they used to be, or are they still... Oh, yeah, they're totally okay. crowded planes. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we're not here to talk about planes on this episode of the podcast. Sure. We're talking about some new games, some old games, and generally the idea here is let's talk about our favorite franchises, specifically how to fix them, which sounds very high and mighty. Leo, can you come up with the best way to like message this? Because I would never claim to know more than any game developer anywhere ever but these are publicly you wouldn't Privately. <laughs> oh, okay buddy yeah, all right yeah. but these are backseat driving this is just if we had to throw out suggestions yeah. this is what we do in the, in the most humble way we can imagine i was thinking of it as revitalizing in the lead up to this because it's not like any franchise has really crashed and burned it's like some of them need a bit more juice that's right that's right so we're gonna go around the table and share our picks for how to kind of juice up yeah. these franchises we're gonna base our favorite franchise <laughs> that's right and then we're gonna be talking about pokemon unite uh, let's see, Serial. Uh, Speaking of based. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, did you get that joke, Dan? No. Great. Uh, we're also going to be talking <laughs> about Neo, The World Ends With You a little bit, uh, which I thought, ah, oh, that's kind of like a good Serial game. Then I remember, Dan, you like that old Neo game, The World Ends With You game on DS? Wait, Neo, N-I-O-H? So the new one is called N-E-O, The World well, Ends With I You. I like The World Ends With You on DS. Okay, yes. all right. We'll be talking about the sequel to that with Serial here. Did you know that this existed? No. Okay, There's great. There's a sequel to that game? <laughs> it's available now. I got the Switch uh, remake of it. I played some of that. Okay, well, this is a whole yeah. different thing. Is it the same genre and developers? And it's sim- it, it, I, I don't know if it's the same developer, but it's like, it, it is a sequel to that game. And it's on Switch? Yeah. Did they not advertise this or? It's like it, a weird. It was, pretty su- it was a pretty kind of short uh, time between announcement and release. Okay. I think it was announced earlier this year even. Wow, okay. Well, I'm curious. Well, let's talk about it right now. Sure. I mean, so it's a, it is a full-blown sequel because I've always been curious about the DS game. I played a little bit of it and then I asked you if I should get into this one, Serial, and you said, oh, you'd have no shot if you didn't play that original uh, you, game. You kind of do have to play that first one to to really enjoy this one. I think you could play it, you know, it's it's uh, it's Final Fantasy-ish in that it is like a here's a new cast of characters. We're okay. doing the we're playing the Reapers game again, which is like this thing where if like when people die uh, in Tokyo for like whatever mysterious reason they they're transplanted into this afterlife version of Shibuya. And this uh, is in the original one too. Yeah, this is in the original okay. one. So you die and you be, you go into the underground version of Shibuya, which is like you you're basically a ghost. You walk around right. and and people you can't communicate with people uh, unless they're like part of the game. And so you do these little every day. You have like a mission where you have to go to this specific thing or you know do some sort of puzzly thing, and then 
you know, you have to figure out what's really going on behind the scenes or whatever. Uh, and so they kind of reset the entire thing. Like, so they, they talk about characters from that original game. Yeah. Um, and there's like one of your party members is someone from that original game. Uh, okay. And um, so you're kind of just doing that again. And I'm still pretty early on. Like they, it, the game is broken up into individual days. So you'll like, oh, okay, head to this spot for today. And then that'll be the task. And then you do the thing. And then they're like, okay, here's your progress on how you're doing in the game and then you go to the next day and so okay just for zooming out a little bit this is the jrpg from tatsuya nomura kind of like his little yeah, passion he's, project he's like on a the producer. ds yeah and like, i think someone else is directing it but yeah like so the original game was one of the most ds games in that it like the the combat system was based around it using both screens at once you know you had yeah one, you had a partner on the top screen and then you were playing on the bottom screen and the bottom screen was all like you were doing these motions to do like you equipped uh different pins and those were your attacks and that's you, what i'm trying to figure out with dan because you're not a big jrpg guy so oh we're just no. looking for like good ds gimmick games oh well that's the thing is like early in the ds and i wouldn't call this an early ds game this is kind of like mid to late oh, yeah, even yeah. uh yeah yeah um i appreciate anything that did the touchscreen gimmick well and right. that was few far between especially the beginning where it's like i don't know mario 64 you can put on the stupid thumb thing and move around that way like there's a lot of gimmicky stuff there but this one pulled it off really well because i felt like i was doing these things concurrently but it wasn't overwhelming and uh, i can't was it all touch on the bottom like you'd be swiping down there yeah. but then moving the character on the top it's been a long time since yeah I so the original basically you would do like if you want to do fire you have to tap on an enemy and then that ignites them right, or whatever right, right. or like if you want to do a sword slash you like you would swipe and on the top screen you were kind of doing these um like ddr-esque like okay up up down left and then like you were you were moving across uh these little like winding paths to produce different effects or whatever and so you were basically like looking at two screens at once and trying to figure out okay what should i do uh and so that was really hard to replicate in the switch version so they just kind of cut out the top portion uh which is i guess what what you kind of had to do but it like one of the themes of that game is like uh, Neku, the main character in that game, was like really reclusive. He didn't like other people, and so at, like the entire game is about encouraging him to like be vulnerable, reach out to other people, and kind of expand his world. Um, and this game is they try to replicate a lot of that, and I think they do a decent enough job for like not being on the DS, where each so you basically equip one pin per party member, um, and so they all have different inputs. So it's like okay, your sword slash one is on X. Um, and that is one character. That is one character's attack, like in a Devil May Cry game. Yeah. And then, um, and then like L is another character, right? Uh, or yeah, is another pin assigned to a character. And so like, that's how you're sort of managing your party members. Um, so like if you're, you're, if you're doing one attack, you're moving in, like, like they control movement and attacks at the same time, which is weird. Um, but what you're doing is you're setting up these combos. So like one pin, for example, will have, you have to hold the button down to charge up like a rock or whatever. Um, and then the other attack is attacking quickly. And so you're teaming these combos together of like, I'm mashing X to like, uh, sword slash this guy. And then meanwhile, I'm also holding down the L button to drop this rock on them. So they're trying to replicate the old style. The, the kind of like you're managing yeah. multiple characters at once thing. And I think they pull it off. And um, I think it's I think it works well enough. Is it fun? I, I think the combat like I, I enjoy it. I'm not sh- They haven't really done anything interesting uh, in terms of what I, what you're actually doing outside of it. Like it just feels like, OK, we figured out how to make this combat system interesting, but they're yeah. not really iterating on on that system so far. 
And I'm, you know, I'm still kind of early in the game, but it feels like, okay, I figure out how to actually manage all these characters and the game hasn't really figured out a way to like uh, twist it or like make it interesting beyond that. Right. Dan, is there any universe? This game is available on Switch and hot PlayStation 4 release. Do you think there's any world where you're going to check these out? No. Yeah. Uh, and not out of like, I'm sure it's, it's fine. I, yeah. I enjoyed the first one, but when I was playing the first one and I was like reviewing everything that came out, I had a lot more time. And now it's like, I have to be way more economical with like what I'm spending my time with. Uh, and I don't know, I, I tend to like, like playing a lot of like retro games. I spend a lot of time with that. So like newer stuff outside of like, like this year, I, you know, I played Ratchet. Um, what did I get? Ch- uh, Chivalry. I played a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, so there, there've been a few, like I always like, I learn about games that come out through my discord and because they know what kind of games I'm going to like. So I kind of just trust them to tell me like, hey, you should check this out. Right. Uh, because since I don't really know, I was actually on the way out here uh, with Bianca. We were trying to think of like what games this year we were excited about. And I was like, I know there's WarioWare coming out, but I don't yep. know. I honestly don't know what else is coming out this year. Uh, may interest you in Age of Empires 4, good sir? No. Uh, All right. Uh, uh, but, see, that's another way out. But then we looked up uh, the, the release schedule. Like Metroid, there's some big one coming out in like November or something. Oh, Horizon. I Maybe I is that not does that not they, have a so date? they said we're we're sure as hell trying to get out in 2021. Oh, that was really? the last messaging officially. I feel like that would be the big AAA one I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah, but that's all to say it's like I'm pretty selective about what I play these days just for sheer time purposes. Right, I've got right. To spread out a lot of different things right now. Which Leo, um, I saw your head explode a little bit when you mentioned chivalry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a goofy ass fun game. Yes, it is. Very stupid in, in, in a good way. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been playing that the last week or two and I, the combat is just so fun. The large scale of it and like picking your fights, dipping in to a fight that is not yours, <laughs> that other people are in the middle of and just bonking the enemy on the Being top of the head with a hilarious, giant uh, A hilarious coward is how I like to play that word. So it's just like, I'll see other people like really like parrying and doing stuff. And I'm just like, what if I just got around here and just yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. got in there. It was the moment I realized I love that game is um, you can throw like anything. You can throw like baguettes and stuff and you can, there's like a scream button. Uh, but there was a point where there were a bunch of like bodies hanging because like all, all the like wrapping of the game looks like serious medieval stuff. It's just like medieval warfare. I thought it was like exactly. very simmy. Yeah. But no, it's not at all. It's very arcadey. And then like I saw these bodies hanging and there's a huge fight going on underneath it and I threw my sword at the body and it fell and I got like a kill that way and I was like oh okay this is incredible so yeah. is, it, is it like round based or like what is the, the kind of it's kind of cool the way they, they structure stuff where like some yeah. of them are like you know those like old Call of Duty modes the like war modes where it's like there'd be five flags and you gotta kind of push and pull until you've got all of them Sure, yeah. It's kind of like that, but like it'll have almost like story stuff where it's like you're sieging a castle. And so the first part is like the other team is villagers with like rakes and stuff. And you can like kill them super easily. But then it's like, okay, well, now you have to like, you know, get ladders up on the walls and like breach the walls of the castle. And once you're in there, it's uh, actual like soldiers and stuff that you're fighting. So it's like each phase feels very different yeah you know? and what's fun about playing it more and more is realizing like oh i've never won on this point before like i've never successfully defended the town square here i've never successfully raided this wall or whatever and it's like it's surprisingly well balanced that way where every point is winnable or losable yeah in these scale of these huge wars but i will say uh yes. the per capita per player by player worst community in gaming. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? I, I always have everything turned off, so I can't yeah. see any of that. So is it terrible? Before I turn chat off, yeah, I would say for sure. Especially because it's, you know, not the hugest player base. It's like the people who really love the game have stuck with it, and they're 
racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, and so I, I don't think I've played a single round with any voice chat or text chat on. So It's I, called it's chivalry. Be a gentleman. What's hard to understand? <laughs> right. What drew you to this? <laughs> <laughs> but it has like a little bit of that, like, I don't know, Hitman style surprises of just physics in weird ways and kind of the experimentation. And role playing, like flourishing your sword, spinning it around as you approach somebody. Or like my cat brought up the console somehow. I was like, what button is that? And I press all the buttons on the F string on the top of my keyboard and one of them is just like you stab yourself <laughs> with a sword and die <laughs> which the idea of doing that like in a moment when you do something embarrassing or whatever is hilarious <laughs> and this is just pc right yeah okay epic game store even oh exclusive that's is right there not a playstation version of it oh isn't there i, I, I could be totally wrong okay yeah, but yeah, yeah chivalry yeah. 2 was the name of that thing it came out yeah earlier this year a couple of months back but it's nice how do you get into these games leo how does it come up well, I have a, you know, Epic Game Store account where they add free games to it. Oh, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the mood for Mordhau, which I liked, but I have this game and it's newer and it's I have it already. Yeah. So let's try it. Perfect. Uh, Leo, when you're not playing Chivalry, though, and you're just like sitting on your couch staring and thinking like, God, if only I could fix this franchise. Just what are the key ingredients for fixing this thing? What What game is dancing above your head like a little sugar plum? It's all my favorite Assassin's Creed characters, personally. Yeah? yeah. I don't hate the new Assassin's Creeds by any metric, but I don't stick with them the way I stuck with the old ones. And I feel like it's it's gone away from what was most special about the franchise to me. Yeah, what is your trajectory? Like, you liked all of the early ones? Or like, what was the peak Assassin's Creed in your mind? I don't mean to just be a contrarian, but Unity. I Come thought Unity on. was the most interesting. Really? Once they fixed the bugs and everything... The sheer range of weapons and classes. I played that game as a rifleman, like a <laughs> sniper with a gun was the type of assassin I was. And it was an absolute blast. Plus that city with just the modeled interiors that still no open world games even try to do, even though it's the best thing in games is when an open world game has an interior, you can go in and go out. Yeah. To the point that, I mean, they had the Notre Dame Cathedral in there, right? And then when it burned down... Ubisoft was like, oh, we got to back up. Don't worry about it. Right. We can rebuild it with our specs. And just little apartments of like, oh, I'm trying to lose this tail I have. So I hop in this window and run through this apartment. Yeah. How about the other side? Crash at their place. Yeah, right. Watch Netflix. Yeah. Cool about Jill here. Hey, Leo, would you mind stop banging on the table? I understand you're very excited about Assassin's Creed, but I forgot that you can totally hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm out of practice. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do? You, you turn Assassin's Creed Infinite infinity backed into assassin's creed unity and that's how you fix the franchise for christ's sake assassin's creed sniper Ooh. here's the thing yeah they go they've been going really old because they can say it's our biggest map ever because look at all the grass we have you can run on so much grass in this one guys i think they need to go this is our smallest map ever Ooh, diabolical every building is enterable my ideal scenario for this would be like nick era K-N-I-C-K, 19th century New York City. Smaller, contained downtown area, but again, more interiors and more stuff to do there. Smaller, more focused world, no horses. What does that word, <laughs> like, I've only heard it in context of the New York Knicks. What is... Yeah, that? I, don't know, I know you doesn't actually Yeah, I didn't either, Nick yeah. is a TV show that's really good. That's well, Snick, you know, Snick was Saturday Night Nickelodeon. But, right. But uh, what is Nick? Nick at Snite. <laughs> The Nick was, yeah, the pioneering hospital that was fictionalized in the show. The Nick starring Clive Owen that you should watch if you like vomiting. Can I ask, not to detract uh, please, from, from the conversation, uh, Leo, as, as, as uh, someone who watches your, your YouTube videos a lot, 
how much TV do you watch? (laughs) Between the Prestige TV intro thing and the recent one with the time loop and stuff, are you cherry picking stuff, uh, you know, to fit the topic or do you just watch every show and hence know like, oh, okay, that's the time loop one of the the Angry Beavers or whatever. I'm mostly cherry picking. Okay, okay. And going off of tvtropes.com list of Groundhog Day episodes. Okay, but like the prestige opening, did you just like look up a list of all the current like ones and watch, you know, here's True Detective, here's... Yeah, I just watched a ton of openings. I didn't end up watching most of those shows probably. It still seems like a lot. It was, yeah, for sure. It's a lot of research. Yeah, okay. It's for Leo's uh, personal YouTube channel where it seems like, it's interesting, your forte has become... TV criticism, which I never would have imagined when that channel started that like that's going to be the main emphasis of like that's what people are coming to this channel for some hot TV takes. Well, I got them. All these yeah. shows that I've never seen, I still find it really entertaining. Oh yeah. Stuff, so yeah. Oh for sure. Okay, so that's the pitch. So Assassin's Creed Infinity, if they have like different things they can plug in in different areas of like okay, this month the event is we have a new region over here. You want one of those regions just to be the selling point is. Look how dense this small world is. Come on in. And if you think about bringing a horse, get the hell out of here, buddy. It better be attached to a wagon (laughs) carrying goods. (laughs) To me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And I also want something else I was thinking about is they have that mercenary system, which is somewhat generated Mm. these characters with traits that come and find you. And I think that should be less pronounced, less mercenary discovered when you get within 100 feet of them and more they're sneakily trying to get you as you're milling through the crowds in the city and you have to be like watching your back all the time and being prepared to dodge them or whatever yeah i like it i mean if you want to be optimistic there's a world where with assassin's Creed infinity they could try some of these smaller experiments right like when we tried to put the the silver lining on that whole thing dan did you see that assassin's Creed infinity stuff no, but this is sounding very familiar. I think Mike might have brought this up on the fire escape we just recorded. Yeah. I had not heard. Or, is there a trailer? Is there? <laughs> <laughs> By trailer, you mean Jason Schreier's scoop, but he's he started recording trailers for it recently. Oh, yeah. is, it, is it not officially Well, announced? so he had a story about it, and then Ubisoft said, like, we're rearranging some studios, and we're going to talk about the personnel changes, but we're not going to talk about the actual game itself, but that's what it seems like they're doing is... Uh, combining teams within the Assassin's Creed development circle to create a bigger living experience that can change and okay. fortnight it up as it goes. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And judging from that squint in your eye, it's love at first sight. <laughs> I don't think I'm finally on the Assassin's Creed uh, train after this. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't think this is the thing. God, because yeah. what was it? It was like two you loved. Well, no, I won't even say loved. I've played all of them, but two wow. is the only one I played through to completion. Like every other one, I gave it a shot and I played maybe three three to five hours of it and i felt like it never opened up i felt like the controls were as clunky as ever and i just wasn't having a good time with any of them and so i've hated every single one of them except for two i pushed through a certain point and was like all right i i'm i can wrestle with the controls enough to do the cool assassin things but i just don't think i have any patience to do that ever again were you excited by the switch to the like the open rpg stuff did that do anything for you or did you just kind of fall into the same malaise anyway the switch to like what like when they were like origins. for origins we're going to make it oh, like an RPG, i tried like, that because i it's the combat i always felt was really clunky and everything and it didn't get much better with origins um because i tried origins and odyssey and like there's good things about it but like i just find that art style so drab and uh like it's the fidelity is incredible but everything is just boring realistic you know like there's no personality to it and i just feel getting around and combat and all of those games and it's gotten better over time with some is still 
it does not appeal to me in any way. Like, I remember just, Valhalla, I was just like, I hate everything about playing this game. Is, <laughs> is, do you think it's just like a historical setting is maybe not like a huge selling point for you? No, just, I'd be totally fine with it. I just think they're so up their own ass with the lore stuff that I find I've always thought was so stupid. And I just can't get into it. And I, I was so excited about the first one. I thought right, the idea right. of doing this open world cool assassin thing, but also they're teasing this like, you know, uh, real world or current uh, current day stuff. I was all in on that and then they sent it to me to review back then and i was like i hate this game i just i did the controls are you so sent bad it back. <laughs> yes, yes no um, I, I was just never never on board past pre-release basically yeah unlike the twisted metal franchise oh which uh you know yeah there's the no ups and downs of that historical accuracy it stayed up here the whole way yeah but is that the franchise you wanted to fix sam well, that's tricky because I reviewed the 2012, I think, right. uh, not remake, but kind of reboot of the series. And I remember being so excited for that. And remember, they were making a big deal out of that because like at the Sony presser, I think that was the like one last thing where it's like, we're going to drive an ice cream truck on stage and talk about how Twisted Metal is back. And Twisted Metal 2, one of my favorite, favorite games of all time. Still pull it out every once in a while and play some. Twisted Metal Black up there, too. So the first good. one, one, two and black. Those are those are the ones uh, for me. And then I was so excited for 2012, and as I was playing it, I was just kind of thinking, like, is this an example of, a, is it the genre? Is car combat just kind of a relic of a certain age? Because, like, there was nothing, like, it controlled fine, the levels were cool, like, you know. The controls are more complex than you thought. Like, definitely when I picked it up, it's like, oh, there's, like, a real learning curve to the controls here. It's different than you'd expect. And yeah. that, that's kind of the thing, is, is I think they need to simply, if we were to bring Twisted Metal back, yeah. I think it needs to be simplified in a way where it's like, you remember that reboot had, like, helicopters, and it had these kind of, like, elaborate multiplayer modes where it's like, oh, you got to drag a clown behind your car and feed it to a grinder to, like, power right. a nuclear weapon or something like that. It was just like, I could see why it felt like... They probably felt like over the top and crazy and very twisted metal when they were designing it. But in practice, it was just kind of like, eh, this is too complicated for the ice cream truck that shoots missiles game, you know? <laughs> um, and so I think they could bring it back in a way that if it was kind of back to basics, just cars, just give us cars. Um, I think you could lean hard into destructible environments. Like, hey, we've got It'd these maps and like, you know, almost like a, a Battlefield Bad Company type thing where it's like, you've got the big, you know, Eiffel Tower moments and things like that where you're destroying landmarks. But I'll, like, imagine like, like, okay, Battle Royale, like, uh, yeah, absolutely. You shoot 100 cars out of a cannon or drop them off a cargo ship yep. or something. Really kind of colorful, mm. customizable, cool cars and stuff like that. And what if it was like one of those weird things where it's like, the, the map has pockets of like, here's Paris, here's Hollywood, here's New York, all in the same map. Where it's like, and it's like Calypso built like this exactly. kind of, uh, I don't know, Las Vegas style, small pockets of different exactly, areas. Exactly, yeah. but it's like the full size, like all these landmarks and stuff like right. that. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to drop in on, on Paris or I'm going to go in over here and like... So it's like the crew too, but with more combat. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I think there's something there. Like I the obvious joke these days is like, oh, turn it into a battle royale. But like, I kind of think Twisted it is metal. a battle royale. Like, yeah, that is the do, entire premise. Do yeah. twist metal battle royale. Do like Rocket League type stuff where you can unlock a ton of stuff to put on your car, so it's not just like every sweet tooth is the same or whatever. Like get to customize right. your own thing. Uh, well, pick up weapons across the map. You know, get your power weapons in your homings and napalm. Repair get some stuff. New, yeah, fix yeah. stuff on your car. Exactly. Yeah, but then okay, you want to bring forth like the customization. So then, what? Where are like the classic characters coming in? Do you start as like? Yellow jacket and then build out and modify from that base? I would think maybe, yeah, like have have the classic characters. Here's yeah. Spectre, here's Thumper, here's all this stuff. But then like each car has a kind of bespoke 
customizable things to it. So it's not like, oh, you're getting the same rims or the same clown head that you can put on any car. I like the idea of like, okay, so for Thumper, here are these 50 customizable things you can unlock that are all kind of like true to the the character and everything, you know? Now, how does it work lore-wise when they have, you know... Was it, is it brothers in Hammerhead? Is it a couple guys in Hammerhead? I'm trying to uh, it was the two stoner guys in Hammerhead yeah. in the second one, yeah. Okay. What, Might have been a grandma in the first one. I can't remember. So is it some sort of cloning machine, or how do you account for so many Hammerhead brothers on that map at the same time? This Maybe. Is, otherwise, this whole thing is going to fail. Yeah, you need the lore. Maybe your character is like a customizable avatar. Okay. So you are you, and it slots you into Yellow Jacket or Crimson Fury Into or their whatever. vehicle? Yeah. 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 And now what happens when... You win because there's going to be people because this game is blown up. Just people win in every second of every day. You got to get the wish, right? And so, yeah, any, anything on the, the PSN store, you pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead. Is there something that is a fun idea? Capping it like, well, if they had like tournaments or something where it's like, hey, every week we're going to do a tournament, tournament and like right. first place gets to pick, you know, $300 worth of stuff for PSN. You or know. if the wish was just like, you guaranteed this cosmetic instead of having to get it in a box or whatever. You oh, yeah, choose your cosmetic. You, you bookmark yeah, like the one awesome. cosmetic on the store that is your wish and then yeah, you yeah. get it if you win. Yeah. I think they have Calypso coming out and be like, you can have anything in the world. I mean, I'd imagine what you want most is one more cosmetic. Or like a pat upon wallpaper? (laughs) (laughs) You know me so well, buddy. (laughs) It's all well. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they're going to try and lean into it again because they have, in theory, that Twisted Metal TV show that's in production. Did you know this, Dan? Uh, Was this a while ago? Uh, Maybe like they announced it maybe like a year and a half ago or something. It's a video game TV show. As with movies, I will believe it when I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, but what if I told you it has some writers from Deadpool working on it? Uh, Well, never mind. All right. (laughs) Uh, What if I told you that, quote, according to Variety, quote, it's about a motor-mouthed outsider who is offered a chance at a better life, but only if he can successfully deliver a mysterious package across a post-apocalyptic wasteland. It doesn't scream twisted metal. I know, it's like, just no. make it the tournament. It's, I don't think... No, but it's got to plug games. into, like, the prestige TV model. It can't just be, like, a weird premise of a show. It has to have some undercurrent of, like drama and the main character is going to care for a little girl or boy yeah honestly i could see that totally riding shotgun a foul-mouthed little girl or boy no doubt about it name sweet tooth with the help (laughs) of a trigger happy car thief he'll face savage marauders driving vehicles of destruction and other dangers of the open road including my god a deranged clown named this sentence doesn't make sense. Named who drives an all too familiar ice Needles cream truck. Cane. Needles Cane is the name. That's right. Whom fans of the game will know as Sweet Tooth. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single video game to TV or movie announcement that could legitimately excite me. <laughs> Just because of the history of, of them. If you know? Waluigi was getting an HBO show. I mean, okay, well, that sounds... I would I'd be so curious as to what the hell Starts that looks like. Starts with him in therapy. Yeah, all right. I would have... To, I'd be curious there. Just because, like, we've only seen him in, like, four cutscenes in his, like, 20-year history. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much mystery still around this character. Yeah. But he's in the Sopranos prequel. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he's actually... I don't know if you checked out that trailer, but it's a pretty sick scene that he's in. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, yeah. The Saints of Noir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Discord can't cut these out, baby! Let him hear ya! Uh, yeah, this is too easy, but, uh, you know, if they had to find a developer for a new twist of metal, it seems like the team that made Destruction All-Stars, that game was okay. It was fine. I mean, we, we're saying was. Are we saying it's not successful currently? 
I have no idea. That game is okay. <laughs> I played it one time. I was like, yeah, all right. Exactly. I think ideas. that was the world's tale. Yeah. 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 It, it was very much yeah. the like knockout city mold of like, for a free thing, this was fine for an hour. <laughs> knockout city, I think, is above it, but it's. it's, it's Do bad. we want to coin this as like, that's a high pitched game of like right. anything yeah. you say about it? Something's like, wrong with these mics. It's Anyways, yeah, those developers, Lucid Games, like, you know, I feel like they could iterate on what they did there and it'd be the most profitable thing that team could make at this point. If Sony was trying to play it safe, that Twisted Metal Battle Royale, I could see it. I, can you imagine if like, who, the burnout guys criteria, like what are they doing now? Didn't they like tease something with helicopters eight years ago and nothing ever happened? Jesus, are you stuck in the games <laughs> press from 2013? What you, <laughs> yes. Was that an April Fool's <laughs> thing for Burnout Paradise? No, no yeah, absolutely. It was like, you can fly up. A wing glider. And yeah, there was a trailer, <laughs> right? Where it was like helicopters yeah. and cars. Was that was like, literally E3 2014, Dan. <laughs> Did uh, that ever come yeah. out? Uh, no, it didn't. He rests his case. Yeah. <laughs> Although, to be fair, and not to be fair, but it's weird that that Ubisoft game, that Writer's Republic, does look like a weird spiritual successor to that, where it's also just, eh, I just raced a bunch of stuff. It kind of looks like a that going back great. to like one extreme or two extreme. All that oh, really? Stuff. <laughs> Yo, you got to check it out. But, um, no, so they, Criterion, God, what? are they doing now? They were helping out with Battlefield in yeah. a huge way, but like a lot, a lot of the leads left and formed Three Fields Entertainment and Alex Ward and those folks, they then made the dangerous right, driving, dangerous, dangerous golf, golf and driving. Stuff, But then yeah. what, wasn't there another team that made like help with Need for Speed, like Ghost Games or something? I think wasn't Ghost there? Games is done. Okay, and, but wasn't that some ex-Burnout people? Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay, so I there's really no like core Burnout team still doing... No. Get them all together and make a Twisted Metal game. Everybody or actually, no, make a Burnout game. <laughs> Give me other people making a Twisted Metal game. I don't know if you can make a game <laughs> called I'm Burnout right now. I'm starting to fix right Twisted Metal. Make Burnout, I don't know. <laughs> Why can't you make a Burnout game? I feel like that people treat that word differently nowadays. Different connotations, mm. especially in the games industry. Oh, work stuff. Works, you know, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Burnout Paradise is a, is now a, a very different <laughs> game if you take it from that angle. That's <laughs> right. Uh, Surreal. Fix a franchise. Fix a franchise. Uh, I my mine is actually pretty simple. Uh, uh, I want the next Street Fighter game to be free to play because I feel ooh. like five is already halfway there because like every time you fight you earn fight money that unlock helps you unlock characters and so like they've it, like every other weekend it feels like street fighter 5 has a free-to-play weekend where it's like oh you have access to like the these characters from this season pass this week and you can play you know like play and then if you like it you can you know if you've, you've already downloaded it so you may as well pay money for it it's feeling like that starcraft 2 era of like please just jump yeah. in here no matter what so i and, and there hasn't been like a huge leap like i i know there are free-to-play tekkens uh there's like a free-to-play tekken game and a, i think a free-to-play dead or alive game there was a soul caliber at one point yeah really? so, yeah, so i think like yeah. but they haven't been like mainline entries it feels like everyone is kind of dipping their toes to see if if like a free to play fighting game could work and i feel like street fighter 5 has kind of set expectations for like okay like we have an ecosystem here there's like a whole in-game shop and everything that is sort of where we make our money fighting games have kind of slowly been uh working their way there where you know like the games will be like five dollars every week but like the season pass stuff is where they get you right right i mean other than killer instinct right like yeah with, with who it, like that that is the model that i kind of want them to follow um, but I would, I would want them to go and maybe try what Dota does versus what league does, where instead of having the rotating characters, it's like all, like all of the characters are available for free. 
but like you know they just have a bunch of cosmetic stuff and like every aspect of the game is customizable of like if you want a different announcer if you want like a if you want like the health bars or like every cosmetic uh you know part of the game can be altered if you want to pay money like win quotes like things like that like special effects super animations whatever just like do whatever you can to like sell that stuff but keep like the the game balance and the roster kind of as intact as you can. Yeah. Well, you're talking about like fixing it. Did Street Fighter V, I remember it had a really disastrous launch. Did it ever bounce back? Did I think it ever become a thing? I think it's be, like, it's gotten to the point where it's like the game balance is actually pretty good. Uh, the, like there are, you know, 42 characters and I think they're adding Jesus. five more over the course. So it's like, they've kind of slowly fixed all of those issues. But I think that from a stature standpoint, I think it kind of has taken an overall hit in terms of like, well, people are talking about basically every other franchise. It seems like, is Tekken, Tekken 7 like the big one of the last five years? Yeah, it's years. like Tekken, Smash, and Mortal Kombat, I feel like are maybe like the big three. And Guilty Gear is like, yeah. had like its kind of big swing this year. Uh, so it feels like Street Fighter Five has kind of been quietly successful. And I think if they're gonna, like right now, what they need to do to say like, hey, we're Street Fighter, we are the premier fighting game series uh, still, like I think that would be like a pretty big swing for them to say like, it, it is a free day, we are making this shift into like, you know, what feels like a larger playground of free to play games that are, you know, that will eclipse your entire life, right? Uh, so I would be, I want them to make that swing. I don't know if it would be totally successful. There's totally just the chance that they just completely botch it and they kind of turn it into like a, you know, pay to win situation. But I think if they stick by the tenet of let's make the game balance kind of like, let's pure, let's make that, keep that pure yeah. and then make like, you know, if they can do that, then the rest of that game is, is totally cool to just be like this free to play, like cacophony of like sound effects and just like, you know, in your face you know, sound effects and garbage, whatever. As, as long as they can say, like, you can play the entire roster of this game for free, and that is that is the selling point. I think they could do something there. I think there's potential. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, Capcom emphasizing free-to-play stuff. And even, like, let's look it up, like, that RE-verse, that competitive Resident Evil game that they delayed, yeah. like, that's still... That's you still get it for free if you get Village, yeah. but, like, that seems like one. If they were going to try the free-to-play model, they would go for that. Dan, this is a weird thing where it's a Resident Evil competitive multiplayer game where you're like you can play as like jill and nemesis and you're like running around shooting each other yeah. like in the police station and stuff it's and really it looks weird. kind of weird type thing yeah yeah and it's like kind of slightly cell shit like the the look of it is distinctly right. different from village which is why wouldn't you just use that engine to make a kind of lower as because maybe they want to get it to run on the switch or something or yeah. eventually yeah, like, that'd be interesting but i feel like every time resident evil has tried to do some sort of like operation raccoon city or something like that it's just always been no good yeah in the back of my mind i convinced myself that at some point i'm going to check out that mode that was in the resident evil 2 remake uh bundled with it what was that thing called where you're like it's like the 5v1 thing or 4v1 and the person's oh, resistance. like kind of resistance yeah, yeah it's like that always seemed kind of cool in theory if you had like a dedicated group and one person's kind of like the dm messing with everybody yeah i i think i saw some people get into that on you know just uh through twitter uh but i think i want to say they're ending support for it yeah some people swear by Outbreak and still find ways to play it. Right. Yeah. yeah. There are those people. Uh, but yeah, there was the news a couple of days ago, Serial. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Mortal Kombat 11 has sold 12 million units. Yeah. Damn. It blows my mind. So there's still a passionate crowd out there for fighting games, but like Mortal Kombat just seems like it has that kind of wider audience thing on lock at this yeah, point. Yeah. I feel it's like crazy. Smash Brothers obviously has that huge like worldwide appeal. And I, I think Mortal Kombat is, has just somehow found 
like this weird niche of like we like this brand it just happens to be a fighting game you know that's, right that's how i treat mortal Kombat. is like you know the original ones the arcade games are among my favorite games ever but like nowadays it's like i'll load it up i'll play the story mode i'll see whatever weird turns that makes mm-hmm. and really really enjoy it for the five or six hours that takes and then i, I don't play you know i'm not gonna get competitive you know in that game so yeah. i like, really never played so i never really get to see any of the wacky like dlc characters or robocop or anything like that because it's just like give me the story and then i'm good you know yeah, yeah, yeah. But it sounds like it's actual like fighting game fans and stuff. It seems like yeah, it's like it's it, kind of, it, it's a little bit kind of ostracized from the rest of the community because it's like those games work a very specific way that kind of makes it hard to transition. Uh, but that community is always getting more competitive and, and always growing with every entry. So it's like it's really cool to see it. Like because I I feel like I I like Mortal Kombat when I think a lot of people did not of like those 3D games. I still have a fondness oh, for. Deadly yeah. Alliance Deception. Yeah. Deception's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And so now I feel like okay, Mortal Kombat's cool again, so I get to enjoy it. But yeah, <laughs> like I for something like Street Fighter, FNE feels like it is simultaneously really big in that like the things that I hear about Street Fighter now are like they're in Fortnite, they're in the Power Rangers game, they're in the like, Power Rangers game. Yeah. It's still my it's mind. like all these cr- like they're so like ready to just like do brand crossovers at yeah. like a given moment which is fine but like i would love for you know for them to be culturally relevant for having a fighting game uh that people really like or puzzle fighter 3 is it too much <laughs> to ask yeah That's, i've been playing probably more puzzle fighter than almost anything these days it, it is a very good it game. is i think my favorite competitive game at this point i was talking to bianca on the flight over here just being like i think puzzle fighter might actually be a perfect game there's yeah. literally nothing i would change about puzzle fighter. I, I like the idea that you are sitting quietly on the plane i just like <laughs> just out of nowhere just I have something you know to talk what? about dear we we play it every day we got an arcade machine and like yeah. puzzle fighter is the go-to that and a uh, money puzzle exchanger has become uh the, the i favorite. love money puzzle exchanger we were curious oh, you knew money, about it money oh. idol exchanger what's that it's i think i think it's called like money idol exchanger in japan or something oh really oh. whatever it is the money game yeah, yeah. it's an arcade game where you're converting uh yen into bigger yen and change it's on it's, switch there's like a, you can download it on switch oh too. really yeah, it came yeah. out on psn a long long time like ago a like a hamster thing PS3. or something yeah exactly yeah. okay yeah. um i love that game but it's it's the only one i can beat my girlfriend at because our puzzle fighter ratio is like 98 to 2 percent. she annihilate oh, really? yeah i need you to give me some tips and don't let her see we will all play a bunch okay uh, please weekend. please yes. please um but yeah money puzzle changer i love it a lot and i'm pretty good at it i don't want to brag everybody but come to this house <laughs> Gonna get crushed in money puzzle exchanging. Uh, but it is yep, a yep, number on your yep. hands because it's so much flicking, and it's just like after I play, I literally just have to go like this. <laughs> Every single time we always do it after a puzzle fighter, we do one, yes. one money puzzle, and after each one, we're just like, oh my god, because it's so fast back and forth. Like, yeah. yeah, we have the exact same experience. It's absurd. It's great though. Yeah, so you gotta MAME cabinet then in your place? Yeah, it's uh it's, we use it a lot, a lot, a lot. It's did, great. Did either of you get into the mobile version? That came out a couple years ago. Oh, for Puzzle, puzzle Fighter? Fighter? Yeah. I, like two seconds, and it's like, oh, wait, doing any puzzle game on a phone, whether it's Dr. Mario I or I don't mind Tetris. Tetris on my phone. Actually, I actually think it, it works okay. It. But this was before I knew that Puzzle Fighter was uh, a gift from God. Mm. So I think I downloaded it, and I was like, crap, moving on. And now I wish I really would have savored it. <laughs> well, Hanson, we always do when we go to the lake every year. We, we typically find something to do a score challenge on. Uh, Leo and I were killing at each other, killing each other at uh, Robotron one time, yeah. which that has become one of my uh, regulars on my oh, cabinet. Oh, God, I don't so, even want to see your stupid high score it's now. really stupid so that uh but then galaga is kind of my main one so every day i try I love a few that. galagas and i'm trying to like you know you, there's only five scores so like to yeah. even like make it on my top five now is a huge deal same with robotron so those are the ones i do solo occasional miss 
Pac-Man, and then Bianca and I do uh, uh, Puzzle Fighter and Money Puzzle. But like, it's also I'll load up NBA Jam or one of the Mortal Kombat's. And, yeah, yeah. You found any other hidden gems? A lot. We favored it a lot. There's a lot of weird, weird old Japanese arcade games for sure. Have you played yeah. the Out Foxies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we played there years ago. It's oh, yeah, like the we, weird Smash Brothers. Okay, like, okay, yeah, yeah, we found yeah. that. I, I, I have to look game. at our favorites list because we always, whenever we find something super weird, we'll favorite it. There are so many Japanese arcade games where it's just like from 1994 and it's all about just like drawing a line around to uncover like a blurry JPEG of a boob. Right. You know right. what I mean? There's like eight, that's a whole genre. For which sure. is, which is, you know, we, we're not here to judge, but like I have the, our main cabinet set up like at our lake place and we have like family over there a lot and it goes to like an automatic screensaver where it shuffles through all this stuff. So I'm always self-conscious when there's like a family reunion, there's a bunch of six-year-old boys around and it's just like rotating through them for a flash. Yeah. It's just like stupid pixel boob <laughs> yeah. and then moves on like, oh, I hope they didn't see that. It doesn't have a huge impact on their sexuality, please. <laughs> there's one, I always forget the name of it. It's called like Dark Edge or something or Chaos Heat or something or other. It's a Sega game from 1993 and it was really ambitious for what it was doing. It was like a 2.5D. It was sprite-based graphics, but the characters can like rotate around each other and the perspective's crazy. So like oh, you can be deep in the foreground doing a jump and kick to the in like switch places and it's like it kind of works and it's kind of it's got a cool look to it but it was like really trying 3d fighting years before anyone was ready for it ha uh my love uh for this year like last summer was the summer of puzzle fighter all in Mm. and it's a weird one but this year i've really fallen in love with this game called pro gear it's a capcom arcade game from like 2001 i think so pretty late but it's a shmup um, but something about it, it's bullet hell is all hell and you're just flying a plane, but the art kind of reminds me of like Mega Man Legends and just the impact of these shots are so over the top. But if you just like a game where you shoot a bunch of other little planes, but the bullets yeah. somehow are satisfying for this thing that you're just doing over and over again. Like, okay. Yeah, it's pro gear. So it's my favorite shmup, I think. Hey, have you done much Die Hard Arcade? Done much. I mean, I haven't dabbled. I don't think so. It's Wait, no, that's Dynamite Cop. Dynamite what? Cop. Wait, I remember Dynamite Cop. So Die Hard Arcade. Die Hard Arcade. I think I did play that one. That was the one where at the end you have to like face off against each other, right? Am I remembering that correctly? I don't remember. And it's weird because like Dynamite Decca is what it was like. Dynamite Decca 2 is Dynamite Cop 2, but Die Hard Arcade is... I forget though. There's a weird breakdown to it, but it's the same engine. It's basically the same game as Dynamite Cop, but you're playing as John McClane with like quick time events and stuff. That's a good one. You got any tips for people listening to this that say, I want an arcade cabinet that plays everything? Uh, well, you know, you got to make sure you have all the boards for the games themselves, That's right. you know, uh, <laughs> and I, that's like three of your bedrooms are filled with those now. Oh my God. They, they're heavy and they take up a lot of space. So yes. I got a five bedroom house. Yeah. Yes. But the, the cabinet itself I commissioned, uh, it's at DSM arcade on Twitter. He builds, uh, arcade machines and, uh, did a great, great job with mine. So you just said, please make me one. And then it just ships it to your house. Make me the cabinet. He shipped it out. Uh, boy, that was a hassle trying to get it into my house. Um, yeah, it literally just called like a random guy, uh, that was walking around the neighborhood that had a truck and like, can you drive this expensive thing on the highway? And like, he showed up, he was a landscaper and had like a bunch of like, it was, because where was the bored at like it was in new york it was well no so he shipped it from i want to say he's in chicago or iowa he's in the midwest yeah so he shipped it to a like shipping location uh in connecticut and then they don't ship it from that like i don't know i had to find a way to get it from there to my house which is like a, a eight minute highway drive or whatever and Bianca was taking a walk one day and like met a guy and started talking about the dogs and stuff like that and he's like oh if you ever need landscaping or whatever here's here's uh my card and so 
I had to pick this thing up. I had like one day to pick it up. And I was like, we don't know anyone in Connecticut. We don't, I was calling around every like moving service and stuff and none of them could do it. And then <laughs> Bianca had the idea of like, why don't we just call that guy that offered to do landscaping? He's probably got a truck with landscaping equipment and he seemed really nice. And so I called the guy up and I was like, hi, you don't know me, but you met my wife. Uh, would you be able to, uh, you probably have a truck, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, can you meet me at this place and I'll pay you to, to drive drive an arcade machine he's like yeah sure did it's, he like arcade games i feel like that's kind of a silver silver lining of at the end he's like hey i, I think he called NBA it a game. playstation oh no um, <laughs> <laughs> he shows up in this truck <laughs> with like every piece of lawn equipment you could imagine piled up like cartoon high in the back of, of the pickup truck and then on the back he had like a pallet on wheels or something that looked very just kind of oh. rickety and stuff and i'm very excited about this arcade machine and so i'm just like watching this like oh god don't drop it and he puts it on there and i'm just i could not drive behind him because I was like, I can't watch this thing slide around on the back because I'm going to be oh, yeah. freaking out the entire oh, yeah. time. So I took a totally different way home and uh, it arrived just fine. And I mean, it was bubble wrapped to hell and everything. So and that's, the moral that's of the story, helpful. Leo, you can always depend on the kindness of strangers if you got the mighty dollar. Was, and hey, the wife. Happy to do it. <laughs> and the wife. <laughs> so safe and sound. That's, that's my nice. tip. So call someone with a truck. And that's how they fix Street Fighter? Uh, that is exactly. Yes. Oh my god, that's incredible! <laughs> I can't watch my favorite franchises be on the back of a pallet. <laughs> that's what it feels like sometimes. I, I took the Tekken way home. Yeah, smart. Um, okay, for me, it's it's predictable. I feel like it's cliche to be like this franchise has so much potential. Why aren't they doing something more with it? But the old Pokemon love Pokemon dearly, and they are obviously tiptoeing in the right direction, going a little bit more open. They had the wild areas and Sword and Shield, and the DLC opened that up even a little bit more. Uh, and then, Well, I mean, and then they fixed it by making it a MOBA. That's right. They finally perfected the yeah, Pokemon right. <laughs> formula. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but no, and then a lot of people are hanging a lot of hope onto Pokemon Legends Arceus. Have you seen this, Dan? Is this the Breath of the Wild thing you were it's freaking the- out about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you saw that video? Or Min Max on YouTube, everybody. Run, don't walk. Um, yeah, so I think people have high hopes that it's going to be Breath of the Wild for Pokemon. But like the more I watch that, obviously people are worried about the tech, and that's a huge thing. I'm definitely worried about that. But at the same time, it's like the what they're saying is that it's only, I think, going to be one central town with then areas going around. Like, I don't think you're gonna have the Pokemon experience of like being a kid, going on an adventure, collecting gym badges and going along the way, it feels like it's enough of an offshoot where it's not exactly what we're looking for, but it's the classic thing we've been screaming for so long of just like, please just give this game a bigger budget and a bigger bigger team, which I know we rail against studios like Ubisoft for putting thousands of people on Assassin's Creed, but it just boggles my mind that the biggest media property in the world, Pokemon, their main flagship games feels like the budget is middle to lower tier for overall AAA video game budgets. Well, like, I could be wrong, but like, aren't they still selling insane amounts? Oh, yeah. Well, yes, then but why still, would you, Dan. Why would you change it? <laughs> if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're yeah. a business person and you're like, well, we're putting, you know, we're half-assing this and still raking it in, Look, why would they spend a bunch Assassin's more? Creed is making a lot of money. Don't you want them to change it up? I, I don't really care about Assassin's well, Creed. Well, sure. <laughs> no, I mean, they definitely are selling like gangbusters, but I always just feel like there's so much potential just for so many lapsed Pokemon fans where it's like, man, I want to care about each Pokemon I catch. I want to be excited about trading Pokemon with Ronnie, you know, play the original game with each other 20 years ago or whatever the hell at this point. Like, I think there's a lot of people out there and I think Pokemon Go proves this. That's like, we're eager for a full, big Pokemon experience instead of just, ah, eh, this one is 
getting closer and closer to what we expect. So I know this is sacrilegious and I apologize. I love Game Freak dearly, but I think what you got to do, Serial, I think you just, you give it to another studio. Just, just try it. Just, no, 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 just, you know, just try it. And look, this is no slight to Game Freak. It Which studio? Them, Rockstar. I think Rockstar. <laughs> Honestly, is it too much to ask? Yeah, What's a game finally, cool some, guy? Someone's satirizing the Pokemon universe. Uh, no, like, this frees Game Freak up. They can make Tembo the Badass Elephant 2. They can make Harmonite 2. They can make more of Little Town. Drill Dozer. Yeah. Three, I'm going to guess. That's right. <laughs> no, they can get experimental. Free them up. Get some new talent in there, right? And at the same time, yeah, give it to somebody else. But the challenge would be, like, yeah, who's, like an independent open world RPG friendly studio at this point. Genshin impact. The Genshin impact. I mean, I mean, I'd like to see the project red. They're independent open world Mm. RPG, right? I mean, yeah, I guess. Are they still cool? (laughs) You started off so excited about this idea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They're a little bit tarnished. I, I, the best I can come up with is like avalanche. Maybe, like the RPG experience, not in a big way, but, you know, I'd like to see what maybe they could do with something like this. Or like the um, the Subnautica team mm-hmm. I thought of. I like, like Subnautica. Okay, well That's then good. you'll love this new Pokemon game. I just think a, a big shakeup, and I don't think Pokemon Legends Arceus is going to be the formula that people want. It's a bad name. Pokemon Legends Arceus? Yeah, it's that's the name of the name. Pokemon. It's the Pokemon that's like God in that universe. Okay. So... It's a cool one, I guess. <laughs> well, it's like like <laughs> the idea of like a Breath of the Wild Pokemon, like as a non-Pokemon fan, that's the type of thing. It's like, oh, maybe I'll give this one a shot. Right, you know? right. But like, I don't know, to an outsider like me, Pokemon Legends Arceus is a really bad name. It's off-putting. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, I guess I don't know enough about Pokemon to get <laughs> yeah. what this is going to be. But I think, I don't know, I think people just call it Pokemon Legends, realistically. It's going to okay. be a different sub-brand and all that stuff, but... I love games that have legends in the title. That's the genre Rayman, I like. Rayman? Yep. Mm-hmm. Apex. Apex. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. League of. League of. Ironically, they call those characters champions. Which is funny. <laughs> legends of wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Legend of Lagaya. Singular. Does it count? One legend, one legend, but a very good one. I'll allow it. Okay. Legend, legend of Zelda. Gary, that one shooter on PS3, I think it was, from like 2007. Okay. Legends of Runeterra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, submit your favorite games <laughs> with legends in the title over at patreon.com slash minmax uh, with two n's for everybody. other users to see and mm-hmm. nothing else mm-hmm. and up folk that's it <laughs> uh, so that's it the old Pokemon thing I'm, I'm I have my fingers crossed but I know like from visiting that studio several times I've been very lucky in talking to that team like they want to keep those development teams small for mm-hmm. the mainline RPGs they're like eh, it gets out of control and too tough to communicate if you have like more than slightly over a hundred people it's like well that's respectable but come on what could you guys do if you had like a huge team on this thing i think they could do both is the thing is like the the pokemon franchise feels so big that they could okay game freak if you want it if you want to keep the team small and kind of you know keep it pure that's cool but also it just feels like yeah on some level i want to be exploited in this weird way i want to have just a bunch of pokemon games always coming out um but yeah, N- Nintendo and it feels like their proclivities towards like, oh, well, we're just going to do things our way. I feel like does ha- has extended to the Pokemon company in some weird ways. And especially when it's split in so many different ways for the mm-hmm. Pokemon license, it's not like it's the singular vision of 
Game Freak being like, we want this. It's like, well, Nintendo has to have their say. Creatures has to have their say. Like it's divided into thirds for the ownership of Pokemon here. And then the Pokemon company has to have its business say. So it's got to be a mess. But who knows, Dan? You. I know. But do you want it to still be you're running around and you get sucked into turn-based battles? Or do you want any fundamental changes to the formula that way? I could see combat like being a little more action focused even something simple like uh just having like uh button presses like paper mario or something in the combat just some way to liven up the combat a little bit that's nice. the thing that would like help get me into something because i keep wanting yeah. to try like i tried x and moon i think uh but like the combat itself always just to me felt like okay i'm just okay he's a water thing i guess i'll do a grass thing or whatever and like it never was engaging in any way I it's thought, interesting you know? like that super high level play is interesting when you really get down to like numbers and abilities, I mean, really zoom, zooming in on all that stuff. But yeah, I feel like they, they could use some way to add a slight action element and they don't want to because it limits the audience. They want to keep it friendly for kids and stuff. But like these kids are out there on their Apex Legends and other Legends games tearing it up. That Legends of Runeterra action mile a minute. Yep. Um, so I feel like they could handle it at this point, the wider audience. What if it, you, you are the trainer, you're a little boy, you walk in you choose your starter and then you die mm. and then you play as your starter and you're playing as a pokemon the whole time that's three yeah, different yeah, play styles we've play done that. that's mystery dungeon yeah oh, play where right. someone literally dies and becomes a pokemon <laughs> oh interesting <laughs> yeah it's it's a real twist on the formula it's a i want luck, the though. kid to just die though okay yeah yeah let's <laughs> see what we can do body stays there the entire <laughs> yeah. playthrough you can go Book back and closed. visit it <laughs> Yeah, and then a yeah. little gas leak comes out of his corpse. Oh, oh, I thought you said gas leak. I was like, okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. You can... Well, that's what killed him. Oh, okay. <laughs> gas leak says a gas, gas leak. leak. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, did you see that news this week that they're? It seems like Variety's reporting that they're that Netflix is making a Pokemon show that's going to be a little bit in that style, where it's going to be live action, but a little bit Detective Pikachu of like CG Pokemon and all that stuff. No, did Detective Pikachu do well? Yeah, yeah, it did well. Did people uh, like it? Yeah, right. it didn't crush, you know, the box office, but I think it did surprisingly well. Uh, yeah, people liked it. I, I liked it. I liked okay. it, and I didn't expect to. Oh, oh. there we go. Good. I right. think the response was sure. Yeah, that seems about right. Uh, yeah, but for this uh, Netflix show, like, I feel like they they're overthinking things way too much. About like, okay, this has to be a twist on the formula. I feel like obviously don't do the Ash storyline. That's been done a thousand times. But just do some other up and coming young trainer Mm. going on adventures. Like that seems like the way to go. But I know they're gonna overthink it and have it be like this is the story of Nurse Joy or like some focused things. Like no, we want adventure. We want the idea of collecting and trading. That could you pull up that Twisted Metal article and just swap all those terms for Pokemon stuff? Because I think that's what's gonna happen. Since the hot thing now is showing like uh, dark origins of like Nurse Ratchet or whatever, it should be like oh here's the origins of like Meowth. (laughs) Oh okay. Yeah, like why he's a dick. Is Matthew Dick? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He, I mean, big? yeah, he just likes money and okay. hangs out with a bad crowd. He's, he's, it's not his fault. He seemed like kind of a heel in the Pokemon Yeah, yeah I think that's right. I'm basing this just on Smash Brothers summons. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even talk in that. He just I shoots coins at the coins everywhere. That guy's yeah. a dick. <laughs> he likes his payday, doesn't he? Come on. <laughs> it's not about I the Smash. Like it's Wario. about the money for this guy. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was like the Wario of Pokemon. I, is that not say, close enough not, eh, sure close enough. that's kind yeah. of like team rocket in general i guess and he's just a part of it but that's that's more the anime more importantly serial uh pokemon unite you said you've been playing it yeah have you seen that moba dan on no. switch there's a free pokemon moba on switch and 
it's actually kind of good. <laughs> is it only on Switch? Yeah. Well, they're going to be putting it on phones eventually. But Leo, have you checked it out at all? No, I haven't. Okay. I Surreal, you are an expert. You've put 3,600 hours into Dota 2. As an idiot who wants to like MOBAs, like I've played a couple rounds of Pokemon Unite and it's like, oh, I, I'm enjoying this. If I had a full team that, of friends, like I feel I'm like that is the reaction to this game is that like a lot of people, it feels like if a really good country album had really some people are like you know what yes I, on occasion i might listen to some country yes exactly uh, but you, waylon jennings over here i'm curious what you have to say yeah no i i like it I, I think specifically because it feels like the polar opposite of dota in that it is every like they just feel like they're saying like everything people might not like about mobas let's let's peel that back and and like basically not i don't want to say it flips the genre on its head or anything but it just feels like it they found a lot of smart ways to reduce a lot of the like the kind of friction of getting into a MOBA. Yeah. Um, so like all the matches are 10 minutes, which is uh, beautiful. And they're lit. Like they are a strict 10 minutes in that, you know, every other MOBA is like this match ends when this thing is destroyed. When this objective is complete, that's when the match ends. And yeah. that's kind of one of the problems. But uh, in this, it, it is more of a sport than, uh, than, mo- than other MOBAs in that, like you're basically uh, you're killing uh, creeps, but they're you know they're other Pokemon. It's just like Apom, like this poor monkey that yeah. you're just slaughtering we've, out we've, there. We've decided to completely say this character is relevant and just kill, <laughs> make him fodder. Murder uh, to his death. Yeah, basically. Uh, and so you kill a bunch of those things, and you get like I don't remember what they're called, but they're basically Pokeballs if you want to right. think of it. it. Like think of them as a currency, and you basically have to go deposit them in your opponent's side of the. So of it's the like map. this is basketball. You're this just is an American Gladiators the, thing where you had to dunk the thing and then. The, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. That you mentioned it. Basically, it is you are literally players. like when you deposit them, you do literally dunk them. Like yeah, it's right. crazy. This is Pikachu dunking some American Gladiators. Yeah. I am interested in Pokemon. So yeah. you <laughs> love mobas now, Dan. Yeah, that's basically the. Same. So, like, you can play as different Pokemon, and, and the, one of the cool things they do is that, depending on the Pokemon you play as, you you evolve over the course of the match. So, you'll start as, like, a level one Machop or something, and then, like, over the course of the match, you become Machamp, right, by, just by leveling up. And so, you swap. Like, one of the smart things they do, I think, uh, that actually adds some depth is that the abil- your abilities can change on a match-to-match basis. So, you kind of spec into a, a certain build. So, it's like, you know, Hang as... On, can I say- Leo's busy looking at my washing machine, and I think it's very rude because <laughs> it's, it's off cool. camera. <laughs> you can see us on screen in the washing machine. Like we're in there. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? It's yeah. we can perfectly see me and Dan. <laughs> Wait, is that <laughs> our actual reflection? You, you'll never get this monitor. on Discord. Or is it? It's is it just your. I think it's just a reflection in the glass of the washing it's machine, so but clear. it's cool. I love it. That's Let the really record awesome. show. Today is the day that Dan and Leo discovered that reflections exist. <laughs> this is like when my dog sees a reflection, starts barking at it. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this up, so I didn't have to, because I was about to just bring this all to a halt. <laughs> Stop the recording! <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> no, that, that's the camera. That's like actually capturing you for eternity. Yeah, in that, slowly, in that I see there. no proof it's of that. It's uh, slowly sucking out your soul. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's going to watch it. Yeah, don't look at the comment section for the washing machine reflection though, because it's nasty. Oh, no. yeah. Somehow even more racist than usual. <laughs> Anyway, the point is, Surreal <laughs> Vasquez. I like this moment. game. Uh, it, it seems just completely drowning in free-to-play elements, which is very weird. Uh, because like you have lo- like daily login stuff, like you are unlocking characters by logging in every day. There's like a, I think one of the, if you log in 14 days in a row, they just straight up give you a character. Um, so there's like, you know, daily quests, like win a match or whatever. But there's so many things about like, 
you know, you can have your Pokemon hold items and those are unlocked by playing or you can just buy your way into having more advantages. Um, but I wonder if there's just like some top level where it's like, yeah, I've bought everything and now the game can be like competitive and interesting. But right now is like I'm kind of playing a few matches every day. It does feel like, oh, this this other player just had more stuff unlocked. So they're basically more powerful than me. That's a bad feeling. Um, but I'm very curious to see how they address that stuff, because I think the fundamental game, I think, is fun. And it's like I like the idea of like I just play one match and that's 10 minutes or there's like a faster version that runs five minutes, I think, or three minutes, like very quick matches. Yeah, you can get into. And I like like it's really cool to have like, you know, here's my build for Machamp, because like what I was saying earlier was that like you can you can choose between two different skills every few levels. Right. So there are ways where it's like, OK, Gengar is like a, a, a high damage speedster is what they call them uh so he's very fragile but you can kind of spec more towards a slightly like support where you're kind of helping your team out versus trying to get like laser focused kills on people um so that and that and that can depend on like who you're facing off and how the match is going and i kind of like that aspect of it it's so it's a little too in theory pay to win but at least like the matches that i've played i haven't been stomped maybe it's just like the user base is so big for a free game that's pokemon themed on switch yeah, that there's I, enough babies that haven't bought their way to the top yet yeah. or something matchmaking is almost suspiciously too fast where i think there's a chance that they're just like somehow generating names and pitting you against bots kind of fort style fortnite style because i've yeah. lost i've played maybe like 12 matches and i think i've won most of them like maybe i've lost one match and i it, i think it's mostly because i haven't played ranked i think that's probably where I think you're more likely to run into real people, but I would suspect that there's maybe some trickery going on, but maybe the audience is just that big that it's just like everyone's playing it. It's free to play. So it's just like random Pokemon fans are just looking for something. So as a MOBA expert, does this feel like the NBA jam to, I don't know, the real basketball, real basketball. I mean, I would would almost like that doesn't seem like a totally wild analogy to make. It's just like, this is like a very simplified, very bite-sized version of MOBAs. And I like that it has Pokemon in it. So it's like, it, it seems to totally work for it. Like this feels like something that I could keep playing for a while. I don't, and if I Will fall you? off of it, who like, it, it's so casual that it's like, I can pick it up and put it down whenever. I, I yeah. don't feel like I have to get really good at this game for it to be fun. Right, right. I'm surprised by the production values. Like yeah. I know it's like a 10 cent joint and stuff, but it's like, okay, they actually put some money into this Pokemon offshoot, which feels the like Pokemon it's look really rare. good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. So your prediction is two years from now, if I say, hey, I've been playing some Pokemon Unite, will you be like, yeah, of course. Or would you have a moment of like, what, why? I could see. I, I that's the best be way to gauge. What I'm trying to say is, do you think it'll be a success? <laughs> I think it'll be a success. I think it'll okay. be, I mean, I could see it being like Genshin Impact is now where it's like, you are still seeing stuff about that game, but it's kind of in the background of like, oh yeah, I, right. I guess somehow somewhere along the way, I, I've been seeing Twitter posts of like, oh yeah, this new Pokemon Unite update released, but I didn't really pay attention to it. Right, right, right. You can check it out, Dan? Uh, no. Okay, great. Uh, hey, Dan, do you know how this whole thing operates? A computer? One computer. <laughs> and if you go inside the computer, you can find <gasps> patreon.com slash minmax with two ends. Thanks to everybody who supports us over on Patreon to unlock early access to this podcast and a bunch of other benefits, including the podcast version of The Deepest Dive on Dead Space, which we just kicked off. It's on our YouTube channel. But if you want to unlock the podcast version of it, you can check that out. It's a very, very thorough, fun discussion about the first half of the original Dead Space. But thank you to our bigger supporters like the Hello Hyrule podcast. Hello Hyrule is the premier Legend of Zelda travelogue podcast. In each hour-long episode, we take a deep dive into a new location in the game, starting with Skyward Sword, 
and discuss the story, characters, and all the tiny details that make up the worlds we've grown to love so much. Whether you're deep in this month's Skyward Sword Remaster or more casually interested in the Zelda stories, this comedic play-along podcast is for you. So grab your sword and your sunscreen because tours are open today here on Hello Hyrule, available wherever you find your podcast. Hello Hyrule also wants to thank everyone in the MinMax Discord who has been so kind, supportive, and inspiringly creative as well over the past few months. Thank you, Crypto Zookeeper, for supporting us on Patreon and letting us plug your podcast. Congratulations on Hello Hyrule. Uh, also, thanks to our dear friends at I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know about the Tell Me Why vinyl soundtrack with quilt-themed cover art with tactile embossing, Leo. Wow. Uh, just imagine running your hands along that vinyl cover. This thing's going to be sweet. Uh, the music's by Ryan Lott. The album art is by Theo Randall. And the vinyl soundtrack includes the digital download. And if you go check out I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store, you can use the promo code Bottle Rock. Rocket, all one word, Bottle Rocket, for 10% off everything one under $100 in I'm 8-Bit's online store. So check that out. And Dan. Yeah. Yes, Leo. I'm sorry. I just think it's kind of cool that both our sponsors are like, greetings, you know? Hello, Hyrule. I am 8-Bit, you know? Oh, yeah, oh like they're yeah. talking to each other. Right. Yeah, 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 it's cool. That's neat. Yeah, 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 how's the weather is the next one. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Thanks cool to podcast. How's the Weather. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, so, yeah, uh, I am 8-Bit. They're so wonderful. Every single week, they ship out a prize to a member of the MinMax community. We didn't ask them to do this. They're this very week? generous. Every single My week, goodness. they ship out a prize. And it's a good prize. This week, it is a physical Switch game. And Dan, we're going to choose our favorite question of the week. Ooh. And then that person will win Spinch. The game on Switch. So if you've been craving a physical copy of Spinch, the platformer, the colorful platformer, it's called Spinch. Keep saying Spinch. <laughs> it's a very good word. Uh, you can play that on your Switch thanks to IM8Bit. So everybody try and remember each and every question here for community questions. Sound good? Yes. First question comes in, Dan. Yes. From somebody named VRG. Okay. Very, very real guest, I like to call him, because they're getting down to it here. Excellent. Good gamer question. You know, I didn't suspect anything, but now I'm starting to suspect. Yeah, you're being a little yeah. cagey about it. I oh, think about this first question? Too much. Yeah. No, oh, this is just good, good gamer okay. questions. All right. Get ready, Serial. Yeah, let's skip it. Hey. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on to the next one. Uh, King Kate Sith uh, says, Hello, MinMax crew and Firescape Dan. Love hearing you all together. Your podcasts are so different, but both are so wonderful to listen to and never fail to brighten my day. Oh. Are they that different? Is yeah. that fun talking about games? Yeah, that's the core of it. I, I did see some people have like whiplash, I think, in uh, our Discord of like, I listen to Firescape and... My God, do they not censor anything on that podcast? There's like bleeping things out. Like we typically, we're a family friendly podcast oh, here. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. Which, you're fine. Uh, which ones do you bleep? Uh, that's a good question. I've run through the gamut. I'll let you know where the line is. But? Safe. <gasps> Mostly bleep. Really? really? Yeah. Mostly bleep. Huh. As a prefix. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you could keep going. Uh, that's all he knows <laughs> bottom okay alright now we're back to safe uh, alright hang on I can write that time code and then get back to this wonderful question from King Kate Smith we can read that first one also by the way I feel like that made that person <laughs> feel bad right oh you want to go back okay alright hey podcast VRG says Nintendo has a long history of making both 2D and 3D entries for three of its oldest franchises Mario, Zelda, and Metroid when at their best is each franchise better in 2D or 3D? Love this question. It's a, it's a good vanilla right down the middle gamer question. And I am right now playing through all of the 2D NES Mario games. So Ooh, I'm interesting. very, very fresh. And I 120 starred all of the 3D All-Stars when that came out. So I'm, I'm real fresh with the Mario. Um, 2D, Mario. 
Incorrect. I might go 2D Mario as well. What? World is just like a perfect game. Yoshi's Island's underrated. Three, all-timer. I think for the joys I get out of that franchise, they're at their highest passing back Super Mario Bros. 3 back and forth. And that's like not much nostalgia coming from you. And it's also somebody who, I don't want to put words in your mouth and get you lit up on the internet, but not a platformer guy. No. I, I mean, I like them, again, in that context of with friends, switching off as a engine yeah croc your yeah. crocs yeah yeah things of that nature <laughs> right oh the ultimate legend we forgot croc better in 3d i yeah. have an idea yeah. yeah true i i mean i i'm a sucker i would go 3d for all these but i think a lot of that's just because i didn't have those old consoles growing up and so that's the thing and i did like all of my like gaming dna is from like like the first game i ever remember playing is mario one you know and right. like mario three was like and world were just like earth-changing games for me you know and as much as i love 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 64 sunshine galaxy galaxy 2 and odyssey yeah. i do think three and world are kind of like the pinnacle for me metroid's tricky that seems like it'd be the most slam dunk 2d 2d 2d, 2D. i love love prime prime, prime. prime i love great. the atmosphere of prime like metroid is a franchise everything out the window if it was a standalone thing like what an amazing setting like what right. an amazing sense of world that those games have i'll say i played through all the prime uh last summer i think and it's really really cool still uh the first half more than the second there's some real kind of bs backtracking stuff going yeah. on oh god if you're jumping around that pirate ship when you don't have the water jump thing it's just the most laborious thing um but prime 2 i straight up didn't like prime 3 was pretty good okay. uh i didn't love it whereas like Super Metroid, and actually, I just played through Zero Mission recently oh, yeah. on stream. Uh, Fusion, uh, that Surreal Metro just played 2? Fusion, yeah. yeah, yeah. Metro Two Return of Samus, that that one that kind of flew under the radar recently. Like, I think you got to go two D with Metroid. Yeah, I, I think two D Metroid's slowly winning me over, but I I think that's because I haven't played Prime in a while, so I should probably revi revisit. Prime. You're a big other M guy. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely like the, what they did with the story there. Yeah, for sure. I was watching some of that. Jeff Grubb was streaming some of that the other night, and I oh, watched really? some. And I was just like, "Oh, this looks very, God, very bad." I completely forgot that uh, our our favorite Federation Force <laughs> that that was a next level joint, like that studio that now Nintendo owns. It's like that's the Luigi's Mansion Three team. Oh, really? That made that, yeah. Huh. And it's like I still this is this is why I'm an idiot because you know I dabble in a lot of video games and like I played Federation Forces with a group must have been at the Game Informer office for like an hour and I was like. This is fun. I'm having huh. a good time with this. You know, I touched but like, it. Really? I think uh -uh. it'd be kind of a funky thing. Did you bring your 3DS on this trip, Dan? No. Honestly, though, at some point, if you're like, are traveling or something together, like just to get, what is it, a team of three, I think? I or we're thinking of Triforce Heroes. Triforce Heroes. You're right. Yeah. Hmm. But like just to play through Federation Force, I think it'd be kind of fun. I'd be curious, honestly. Okay. All right. Or some uh, Metroid I, Prime pinball. I feel like Zelda. Is, is that 2D or 3D pinball? That's a, it's 3D. It's polygonal pinball. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like most pinball is polygonal. Do you think so? Yeah. Okay. Spherical. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's not, is, a, is a sphere a polygon? That, it's I, the ultimate it's polygon. Millions of, wow. millions yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. Infinite polygons. Smooth uh, polygons. <laughs> King Kaseth writes in um, and says, yeah, the podcasts are good and different. Thank you. Um, and then he says, but let's talk food. Ben and Dan both have been uh, self-admittedly picky eaters in the past. As a person who grew up incredibly picky, I love that as an adult, I'm a total foodie now. Congratulations. I just love eating new food so much. All right, cool. Uh, what, sorry, I'll stop critiquing <laughs> sentence by sentence. One food I used to ve 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 vehemently, vehemently, 
Vehemently. Vehemently? Why is that hard to say? Uh, I used to vehemently hate was <laughs> onion rings. I used to hate onions and by proxy also somehow hated their fried improvement. Now I can't get enough of those suckers. So my question is, what is a good food you used to hate but tried as an adult and discovered, holy cow, I've been wrong my entire life? Hummus. That's yeah. the past year for me. I yeah. love hummus now. The hummus is amazing. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Get some pita chips, hummus. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. just like slices of bell pepper or something. It's Ooh. just amazing that it's good for me mm-hmm. for how delicious it is. It's a chickpeas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Surreal. I feel like we just talked about it. I think it was in the MinMax Council Patreon exclusive podcast we did recently, mm-hmm. but we both have come around recently to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Oh my yeah. God. I had an uncrustable It's amazing that the they're good day. for you. I've never had one of those. Delicious. They sound good. I like we the got idea. It from GoPuff, and I was like, this is absurd. We can yeah. make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Yeah. And then I said, ate the Uncrustable. I said, you know what? I see why they make this product. Is there it's a, a special preparation needed? Thing. Do you have to put it in a toaster? Or no. You just eat it? You just eat it. Could you put it in a toaster? You are you supposed to? Are there instructions to say something this in a toaster? I don't think so, because the inside is the perfect, you know, creamy consistency. You don't want to mm, mess with it. You okay. Cook it. Yeah. But I think, yeah, in general, it's like I started trying peanut butter like four years ago somewhere in that trying peanut butter yeah (laughs) yeah wow and then it became like oh this is good now i'm just gonna do the tim turry and shove a spoon in there and just treat it like a little cute lolly oh it's crunchy as possible oh but love me some pulp love me some crunch just pack my food full of as much stuff at the same time oh my god some crunch balls Throw some pulp into that peanut butter <laughs> hell yeah stir it oh up god. Uh, but it turns out i've been an idiot but like yeah i was talking to cereal about it in that podcast but like i think i think i've had under three pb and j sandwiches in my life to date yeah to date i have them every well, day I have a special lunch. surprise for you hansen bring it out <laughs> yeah. you have a it's coming out of the washing machine here we go a fourth one i would wager i've eaten maybe more peanut butter than any other food Huh. In my life, water. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> no, probably out of out of actual food. Probably peanut butter, like cheese. By weight, <laughs> sheer like co- calories of peanut butter more than anything else. Well, calorie I mean, dense. Yeah, calorie it is, dense. It is. Calorie but, dense. But every day for lunch, I have a peanut butter sandwich. And I jelly, I I barely ever had uh, as a kid, but I did start having that a couple years ago. That is good. Um, first thing that comes to my mind though is coffee. I Ooh, was yeah. never a coffee guy. I was always a soda in the morning guy forever. And lately we got one of those like Nespresso machine things. So it makes it easy. Cause I still like the science of an actual coffee machine with the beans and filters and water. I have no idea how anything works. It seems I think very, you actually need a doctorate to figure it yeah, out. Yeah. It seems um, very complicated. I have a guy who comes to my house every morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he Got drives from Connecticut a, to, yeah. with his truck just yeah. to help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Bianca showed me the Nespresso machine we got and he just, you put a little pod thing in there. You press a button, it fills up your cup and you drink it. Although I put cinnamon toast crunch creamer in it. Um, oh. and it's, uh, so every morning I do a thing where I just drink a little bit of coffee. Uh, lately, oh, I had the best morning uh, ritual for a while there. I was putting together the Lego Batmobile, the big like four thousand piece one. Ooh, so were you listening morning, to the nineteen eighty nine theme? Uh, just the bat dance constantly. Just <laughs> yeah. yeah. so sipping on coffee, putting together Legos, and I would watch an episode of Ted Lasso, and I did that for a while as I finished the Lego, and I was like, this is a delightful way to start the day. Yeah. And now I'm done with uh, the Lego, so I do Sudoku puzzles and sip coffee and watch uh, TV. And Makes it. you feel smarter slamming that coffee. I uh, it, it just feels like a nice way to start before 
before and I try to do it before I like grab my phone and start doing the rounds, you know, like checking the, you know, Twitter and all that crap. Uh, what so are people screaming about right now? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So before I get to that part of the day, it's like, let's just, this is some Dan time. Well, I would guess like, oh, that's crazy to have that much caffeine in the morning, but you're also, you have an IV drip of Mountain Dew. So it probably didn't affect you like caffeine wise as much I've as you think. I completely uh, cut down on caffeine stuff. I'm actually reading a book about like the science of sleep now. Okay. And uh, so what it's are you like, playing uh, with down there? Uh, there's something fell. It's a piece of equipment. And where is this? He's planning on holding it the rest of the Kind of. It's just flopping around you out there. Just rest right, on there the we go. We're good now. We're good. Um, no, so I realized, like, the fact that I was drinking, like, you know, probably, like, eight caffeinated sodas a day and, like, four non-caffeinated was, like, screwing up a schedule. I was reading about, like, the half-life of caffeine and how, like, the half-life is, like, five to seven hours. So if you drink one at, like, seven o'clock, you've still got half of it in your system, like, post-midnight. And so yeah. that's screwing up my sleep. So now There's I'm trying to, like... There's your episode three. What's that? I said late at night. There's your episode three. Late at night. There's your episode three. <laughs> it's Half Life. It's a fucking oh, stretch. Oh, a video game joke. Leo okay. nodded. Oh, Leo's the funniest one here, and he nodded a little bit, and I will take that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You just loop that for a while. I'm like, also the most generous person. Damn <laughs> 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 So I'm trying to just have my coffee in the morning, yeah. and then I have a, a Coke or Mountain Dew with lunch, and then I'm done for the day. So caffeine. Okay. I'm. I'm just. Uh, yeah. Cutting down. Alcohol later, and that helps you sleep. So yeah. sure that's okay, Dan, we got it. Jesus, God. <laughs> okay, let me pull out my, my fitness pal and tell you my <laughs> calorie breakdown. <laughs> Cereal? I feel like, I, yeah, I'd had a similar shit around uh, with coffee. Mm. Like, I, I feel like I went the other, like, just the complete opposite direction of, like, I don't drink anything that isn't, like, super sweet or, like, you know, just terrible for you. But now it's, like, I, I have cold brew black coffee like that is that is mm. my my thing it's just like i don't like putting any sweetener or anything in it yeah uh, i think i also came around to like um like really bitter types of beer i think is ipa supposed to be super bitter because i feel yeah. like the, the like the more bitter it is the better because i think i started <laughs> off they with say. like i hated beer because I, I like oh it doesn't like it tastes terrible well, so yeah. like i started off with ciders <laughs> and stuff uh, and I was like, okay, this, I think this is where I'm at. Like, I think this, these are my favorite types of beer, but slowly yeah. I feel like I just started getting into like more and more kind of bitter types of beer. And, and now stuff, you're a big so. stout man. Actually. Yeah. Basically. Really? Yeah. Uh, we, um, we used to have a show called Min Snacks, Dan. Yes. I've seen the, some. Yes. Taste things. Um, when we rekindled it. Uh, at the end of a stream that we did recently for Perfect Weapon, where because Serial beat this impossible level in Perfect Weapon, we had a bonus episode of Mint Snacks. And so I just went to go raid my fridge to find stuff to feed Serial with his eyes closed. <laughs> and for some reason, I had uh, uh, Old Wisconsin. It's like a non-alcoholic beer. And so I gave it to Serial like a little baby bird. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, Serial, guess what this is? And he's like, I know it's a seltzer of some kind. Like you could not taste any beer in it, which is amazing. Like the I, best guess was like some sort of flavor of seltzer that's bad. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, like the only purpose of that stuff has to be for like recovering alcoholics that just you know like are right. weaning off. Like that is that the main stated purpose of non-alcoholic beer? Because it does not make any not sense. Not the otherwise. stated purpose, right. but I know people who a friend of the show, Dave Clapp, when he was sober for a couple months there, just to you know for his health, he yeah, would like drink non-alcoholic beer at parties, and I was wow. flabbergasted by that choice. So you could have like a milkshake, you could have things that taste good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. they're so calories. Like right. I've stopped drinking uh, any alcohol, so I've just decided to get really into milkshakes. Just have that. <laughs> Seems like a pretty good life. I mean, <laughs> basically, the same. I want different health problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Doreen Clyer submits a question over on Patreon and says, what do y'all think about bosses being able to heal themselves? <laughs> Let her finish. Let her finish. I typically find it cheap and that it undermines the specialness of being a player character. It can, can also, also make, make already long boss fights really, really drag, drag out, out and, and make, make the, the combat boring. boring as a result. Hang <laughs> Sorry. on. Sorry. What's happening? Do I have a ghost? Guys, do I have a ghost? <laughs> I don't know. In the we're, washing machine, maybe. Yeah. We're still working up our in-person rapport. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys met? <laughs> Sometimes I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen it for a long time. It's, it's the worst. It, there's yeah. Absolutely not. Um, I think it was like Lords of Shadow or something had some boss that would like step on these panels and recharge them. We're just getting furious about it. it it's is, not fun for anybody. No, it's the, there's no benefit. Like what are the, there are a few things in games that are just like they only serve to annoy. Like, I don't know yeah. anyone that likes it. I feel like escort missions are kind of one of those things. The tail of the guy, but not too close missions, you know, like those. And I think bosses that heal themselves. It's just like, I don't know anyone that likes these things. And like, I, I'm used to it from Pokemon. Like the Elite Four constantly using those potions was always just the most infuriating thing. Because it's like, okay, it's not even a battle now. It's just who has the most items and how many items does this stupid computer have? It's just an absurd, non-fun yeah. way to fight. Never do it. Bad. Does that count, though? Like, let's say in a Twisted Metal, when there are health pickups around the map and enemies can pick them up. That like, feels different. That's different than a, one that has an ability to where it's like, no, I'm filling my health meter again, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I feel like you'd give a pass, though, if it was a boss and they're like, check out this form. And now their health regenerates fully. Does that count as healing? If it's a second form of a boss and that's they get another bar. God, what was I playing recently where like you could swear like, oh, this is the last. Oh, I was watching my sister stream uh, Sekiro. Oh, and yeah. there's a moment in that where it's like, oh, he's back. <laughs> Always <laughs> another, yeah, yeah, another health bar. Yeah. The, the only time it's, it's acceptable is I think when it's kind of conditional. I think... Um, like if there's a oh if if he's doing this thing and if I don't like you know yeah. destroy all the points in the thing or uh, like all the points in the arena where he might heal from yeah he'll heal like if he do, if I don't do this thing he's yes. going to heal or if I, I shatter this vase or whatever he can't get to the magic health yeah know. yeah 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 in those cases I guess it, it's fine but if it's just like he's just passively healing health and there's nothing you can do about it that yeah. sucks yeah uh, Leo I noticed you're drinking out of a little bottle over there. Oh, baby bottle. Getting my health back. Oh, no, it's just a normal bottle. You do have something baby else could for drink it. from it. Stop him from healing. If you want to drink from your normal routine, we understand. What am oh, I doing? thank you. What is this? This is a... very comforting. What are we yeah. doing with this? This is Leo's mug from prettygoodprinting.com. They ship this out. So there we go. It's like you're right at home. Uh, Empiric <laughs> Unicorn writes in and says, Hey, Max gang, how about a round of skill tree dilemma? If you could choose between the following skills in real life, what would you want? The decals on the other side. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Would you want? All right. You have to choose between these in a skill tree. Yes. In real life. It's appearing in front of you like a dead space thing. Sure. Uh, okay. Let's see. Leo, you could any. Okay. Any door you open can lead to a bathroom or any <laughs> tap you use can produce whichever beverage you want. Wait, can lead to a bathroom? What does that mean? Like, if I need to break really bad, there's like a ten percent chance any door you open will be a bathroom. I think it's like Monsters Inc. Magic Door. It's just like I need a bathroom right now. Here's a door, or like Beetlejuice drawing with chalk on the wall. Okay. Like, open it up. That's nice. But hang on, what is the the phrasing on the other one? The liquid? 
Any tap you use can produce whichever beverage you want. Can I count like Beverly Hillbillies oil as a beverage? If you have to drink it to prove to the gods. <laughs> if that I can you're drink some serious. of it and cash in the rest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's called Texas tea. That's true. Okay, I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> All right. Absolutely, the tap one. Yeah. Where yeah. am I in a place that has doors but not a bathroom? That's a good point. And like it's I, usually not that... Like, there are times where it's like, I can't find a bathroom. But right. it's not that often. Whereas, like, if I could just be like, oh, I can have orange juice or Gatorade or a, a beer. Milkshake. Yeah. Old yeah. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, always plug in USBs the correct way on the first try, Dan. Or always know which way to turn a screw or bolt no matter what angle it's placed. Uh, Ooh. Small, small scale, um, but this is good. That is definitely good. USB because that's something I do far more frequently. I think I would absolutely choose the other one because I always feel like an idiot anytime I'm doing something handy anyways. And so the idea of like, at least I know confidently I'm not messing this up. I feel like an idiot whenever it's like, if I have to like unscrew, this happens a lot more now that I have a house where it's just like, okay, I got to unplug, like unplug, unscrew. Uh, if you can tell I've had a house for not very long. <laughs> um, I have to like unscrew like a toilet thing to install mm-hmm. a thing or whatever. Yep. And it's like, oh wait, I'm upside down. So would clockwise be, and I always have to like get on the floor and look straight up at it and be like, okay, right, that's right. counterclockwise. Lefty Lucy. That got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Suriel, would you rather always wake up well-rested or people always answer your phone calls, messages, or chat straight away? It's uh, pretty good. Hmm. I think wake up well-rested. Really? Is, yeah. is a yeah. really strong option. I think <laughs> they'll eventually get around to my emails or whatever, but like if you wake up in a poor enough condition, your whole day is just shot. Yep. But what if you got like, um, what, who's your favorite celebrity? Queen piper or whatever her name is what if like you got some contact with a celebrity and you reached out to them they would respond right away like no one could ignore you oh so like if you can tweet at anyone and they respond right away like anyone they say phone calls messages or chat chat is a tweet chat i don't think tweets chat so you're like tweet at the president the president has to answer him right away if you find the president's phone number yeah no yeah twitter Mm -hmm. account Wait, oh. it, does it include tweets? I don't. I don't think tweets count. I think okay. that's, that doesn't. Seem I would still like have it. to figure out, you know, that person's phone number. And that that still feels like an invasion of privacy. And like, you know, let people have that. And I don't know if it's like annoying for them. Like, I'm being compelled, and then they automatically hate you. So the only thing they're responding with is like, "I hope you like lawsuits, buddy." <laughs> what if What if the response was always "LOLK"? Okay, regardless of what fun. you said, yeah. I would. I hate when people respond to me right away because then. There's pressure what, for back me? and forth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's calling like that existential like for we could so just long? text for the rest of time if he's this fast about it. <laughs> I, I think this just conversation much. might never end. For somebody that has to line up a lot of scheduling and stuff for Minmax, I think I would absolutely choose that. that uh, imagine anyone that has to work uh with like an international like you know if you work for sony you gotta work with japan and it's like that that really throws everything off you Uh know yeah that's huge that's huge is there like a bag by your feet leo what is that noise happening no that's right Uh, yeah (laughs) that's a giant mug from (laughs) prettygoodprinting.com um (laughs) something was making noise over there do more with it visually (laughs) why is that here it's a briefcase yeah why is it anyway No, somebody's making noise. I feel like there's like a shopping bag that someone's futzing their feet with or something. What is that? Is that just the floor itself? That's my Birkenstocks on the floor. I knew I shouldn't have put a shopping bag floor in the new studio. (laughs) Anyways, Dustin Lemp. Welcome to the new era of the podcast, by the way. What's making that new sound? (laughs) 
Sometimes it's new sounds. Uh, Okay, Dan, let's just say this is for you. This is Dustin Limp writing in saying, it's time to play rapid fire of sorts with the cohorts and Dan. Okay. For the following words, phrases, acronyms, say the first thing that comes to your mind. For example, if I say rainbow, Leo would say pride. There it is. All right. Ready to go, Dan? Yes. Favorite box art? Resident Evil 1, the tall box. That weird guy? Yeah, I don't know why that's the first one. It's <laughs> certainly not my favorite, but for some reason yeah. that's the first one that popped into uh, my mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah. the guy's like, with the weird face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't even think about <laughs> or talk about right. that. Well, stop talking about it. Why it's weird. That my, no, it's, it's the Metal Gear Solid 2 box art. That's the correct answer. It's, it looks very The one nice, with the Shinkawa yeah. art, yeah. Strange enough, my favorite for a long time was the Burnout Paradise one. Also a Shinkawa. Oh, with the, right. with the palm tree. Yeah, it looks cool. It is cool. The white, the white. Yeah, yeah. Cheese? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's your word association. That's, that's the first one that came to mind. G O W. God of War. Oh, not Gears. Interesting. Fighting yeah. game. Mortal Kombat. Paul Rudd. Uh, 40 year old virgin. Okay. Call of Duty. Black Ops. Lance. Uh, Art? No. <laughs> Lance uh, Uppercut? Well, what is that from? Lance Uppercut? Is that one of Homer's uh, Homer's names? I don't know. Huh. Max Power? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, graphics or gameplay? Lance Contra. Lance is Contra. Uh, graphics or gameplay? Gameplay. Okay. BB Barbecue side dish. Oh, uh, fries or baked beans. Vita. Bad. Minnesota. Great. Mobile gaming. <laughs> eh. MMO. Nope. Podcast game. Um, Returnal. Oh, there it is, Dustin. Thank you. Jonathan12 writes in and says, hey, everybody. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing? We're here. What's up? You can press pause on us. Um, how else can you play with us in fun ways? Just watch this in five times speed, so it sounds like we're talking slowly. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Wait, five point five times. Speed? times. Oh, Sorry. okay. Yeah, well, you can have fun. Um, anyways, I hope you enjoyed this, Jonathan. Um, anyways, when is the last time you came across a game that you had not really heard other people talk about before and that you really enjoyed? A hidden game, you could say. For me, it was Creeper World Three: Colon Arc Eternal. A wonderful tower defense RTS where you are up against slow-moving liquid. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Yeah. Game that you haven't heard other people talk about that you enjoyed. Recently, Roblox Survivor, of course. Oh, that's right. And what's the real name for that again? Outlaster. Outlaster. I saw somebody check that out or they're happy that you talked about it. There's buzz out there, Leo, for your Roblox. They're talking about it now. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> um, but The Escapists recently was like, how has nobody suggested mm. this to me? This is so mm. the type of game that I it like. It is. It is. It's yeah. very, yeah, systemic clockwork world. Mm-hmm. You know, the routines you're going on and the little ways you can poke at it. Right. Really interesting right. game. Have you played Streets of Rogue? <laughs> Really? Yeah. I adore that game. Oh, it's I was going to say, when I was thinking of this game, I was like, oh, that seems like something you would like. Yeah, yeah okay, sure. yeah, That yeah. game's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Really, bro? You're going to come at me <laughs> asking <laughs> about Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I talked about it a comedic amount or something. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was just playing it, and I was like, well, Leo would like that. <laughs> okay. For sure. Hey, Leo, were you on that episode of New Show Plus where we were checking out just random Steam games this year, earlier this year? Really early this year, Okay. Yes. Didn't we play Cruelty Squad there? We did. And we're like, what is this weird thing? And now it's like overwhelmingly positive and it feels like it's one of those indie darlings of the year. But it's fun that we would just went into it like cold, right? Yeah. Somebody just recently in my chat said that was like the best sniping of the year. And I was like, you can do that in that game. It's not just a random screensaver of weird stuff happening. <laughs> yeah. I, I just watched Donkey's video. So I kind of yeah. got some ideas. But yeah, it seems insane. 
Uh, Mason Parker writes in, uh, Dan, which is better, Mario Kart 64 or Diddy Kong Racing? Um, and before you answer that, I want you to slowly turn around and look at the poster behind you just so you know what kind of territory you're in here. I under, I'm, I've played both of them recently. Um, okay. Mm. Di- mm. If you would have asked me this six months ago, I would have said Diddy Kong Racing. I played Diddy Kong Racing fairly recently. I still stand by. It is a way more interesting world and everything yeah. about like there's boss fights. There's like a hub world. All that stuff. The music is incredible. Uh, the actual racing itself. And I did the plants, did the hovercrafts, did the, the, the carts was not quite as good. And I think I might like Mario Kart 64. There is a ghost. Your course is better. It's the ghost of Diddy. I, I would have to pick Mario Kart 64. Not by a lot. And again, it's only because I okay. recently played some Diddy Kong Racing and it didn't feel great. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. Diddy on the poster just grimaced at you. He just uh, frowned. Oh my God. God. It's, like, it's like when they take a Kirby box art from Japan to the US and he gets angry eyebrows. He's going to rip your face off like a <laughs> guest on Oprah. Hey, Morn writes in and says, Hey, Minners and Maxers, my question is simple. What game has the best grass? Snake Eater? Oh. Wow. Okay. Oh, ow. Wow. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, it's bendy. You get down there looking first person. Yeah. It's a lot of, yeah, that grass really being in your face. You, you get to mirror it. You were there. Uh, still, one of the funniest things I ever saw Andy McNamara do is complain about the controls in Snake Eater trying to like poke out of the grass. Do you remember that issue meeting where he was describing like, yeah, get out of the grass. I got to hold this and this and this to kind of poke up a snake and look look up like this. And it's, just, it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's Andy McNamara? Yeah. It's <laughs> the most Andy thing. Yeah. Did you watch him, by the way, the EA Play pre-show? That was a weird moment for me because he did the pre-show. Yeah. And so the first oh, guy right. hired me in the industry uh, is doing the pre-show. And then he tosses... To a man from a totally different industry, Xavier Mr. Woods. Austin Creed, yeah, yeah, Xavier Woods, who I work closely with now in a completely different context. That's so Seeing funny. Andy toss to Woods mm-hmm. was just like, that's so, I would have never guessed to see this. And yeah. So, I actually was texting with both of them after that, like, this is a weird small world thing. Yeah. So. And I wonder if we have that poll, like, who's looking hotter in this stream? I think Andy might have won. <laughs> I saw like, a lot of people talking about Andy. It's it's like the internet had like a sexual epiphany seeing Andy <laughs> McNamara, which is not something that I would expect. But hey, 2021's a... Time for new eras. Good yeah? for Andy. He seems to be doing well. Good out there. for Andy. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, yes. Grass. Yes, grass. I mean, Grounded is doing interesting things with grass. Ooh. You can cut it down into stalks, carry a bunch of them, craft things with it. Interesting usage of grass. Interesting. But I think for me, nothing is going to beat Ghost of Tsushima, which is basically mm, a tour around yeah. a bunch of different color palettes of You're pretty right. grass. It's yeah. hard to beat that. That's pretty high up there. I, I was thinking Breath of the Wild. It's good. But you can't cut the grass in Breath of the Wild, right? I think patches you can. You, can is that right? I'm trying to remember. It's been, I think I'd argue, four so, years. Yeah. but Or maybe I'm just saying I'm playing some Skyward Sword now and I'm cutting grass in that. Yeah. Um, or maybe you can cut it, you just can't find rupees in it? Something like that? I don't remember. I don't I've been watching so. my dad play Breath of the Wild when I was back in Kansas. Yeah. It's, uh, I didn't think I ever wanted to play Breath of the Wild again just because I played it so thoroughly uh, when it first mm-hmm. came out. Uh, but man, watching him play Breath of the Wild and discover things and like my dad talking about how it reminds him of like when he was a kid in like the early 70s, like discovering the woods and stuff. And, and finding when he things. found that cave that inspired him to create Zelda. Yeah. 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 But no, it's like to hear my dad who's not a big gamer being like, wow, this is really bringing me back to like being a kid and discovering wow. things. Wow. Like, it's just like, man, this is some powerful stuff here. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool to see. He's still he texting me today about it. Wow. He, 
he tried to call me while we were recording with a Breath of the Wild question and said, never mind, figured it out. Uh, do you think he's going to beat that lightning boss, though? I, That's going to be tough. The, the problem is, he still, A, he didn't think he needed to use the map. And I kept telling him, Dad, you're going to want to use the map in this game. He's like, bah, I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, I eventually got him to start using that. Now his big thing is, he gets these spirit orbs because he loves the shrines. But I'm mm-hmm. like, Dad, you're going to want to go get hearts and stamina. He's like, ah, he just ignores that. And he's also, still, he's mm-hmm. ignoring getting new armor ever. I keep trying to tell him, you're going to yeah. need to upgrade your health. You're going to need to get armor. And he's just like, bah, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's like, <laughs> You're fine for now. You're going to run <laughs> yeah. into some trouble here. All right. So, uh, Jason Mojnar writes in, very related question. Did your parents ever try to play video games with you as kids? For some reason, the only game my dad had any fancy for was Crash Bandicoot 2. Once every two months or so, he would come and play only the first two or three levels, and then that'd be it. <laughs> He'd never want to save. He'd just repeat those first couple levels for literally about 15 years. Occasionally, we'd throw in something else for him, but it just would not click. <laughs> I love that. He, he just loves a little polar bear. He loves that snow <laughs> stuff. Very into it. What a weird move. Uh, My dad would sit three feet from the TV and play Burnout 3. Nice. And really? we played multiplayer. There was a time nice. when I couldn't sleep and I just came up to talk to my dad and he was like, you want to play? And we played right now. And it was the best night of my young life. That's nice. amazing. And my mom's side was she secretly pulled me to play You Don't Know Jack, oh, which was smart. like, you know, above my age rating at mm. that point because you could screw people. A very violent, mm. yes. <laughs> crass thing to do. That's right. But that was a special thing we shared of like, oh, let's play. No one else is here. Let's play. You don't know Jack. And that's huh. why you you do feel like the perfect fusion of Burnout Three and you don't know Jack. Like that is your fusion. Yeah, of that genes. describes you perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, Chris Prohaska writes in and says, in honor of the console release of Microsoft Flight Simulator, it's time to play Simulator the game. I've combed through Steam and paired real simulator titles up with fake ones. It's your job to guess which is the real one and which is just a simulation. Serial, no looking. I'm trying, the, yeah, I'm trying not to look at your screen. Yeah. You cannot look at this. Wait, these are titles of games, and we have to decide which one's real. Which, which one's, one's real? I wish yeah. there was some sort of washing machine I could look at. <laughs> Don't look at that washing <laughs> machine. Either. Uh, all right, Leo. Which is real? And which one's fake? Potion Craft, Alchemist Simulator, or Witchcraft, Witch Simulator? On Steam. Uh, Witchcraft, Witch Simulator. Incorrect. Stupid. Potion Craft Stupid. is the real one. Sorry, sorry, you guys. It's really embarrassing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's uh, Dan. Yeah. Space Cowboy Simulator or Space Ninja Simulator? Which is the real game on Steam? Space Cowboy Simulator. This is embarrassing. We don't deserve to do a video game podcast. It's Space Ninja Simulator is the Come real on, one. I expected it from me, but from you? No. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Uh, Surreal? I'm trying to look at this TV. It's just not the same. Yeah, no, okay. Reflection. Redeem I can see Leo, sort of. <laughs> All right, Surreal. Poop on 2020 Simulator or Pooper Scooper Simulator? These are both so tempting. Yeah. Uh, the 2021. No, Surreal gets it. Now here's a capital nice. G gamer. Nice. Hell yeah. Way to go. Respect. That's I can right. now recognize the table too. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> reflections, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Try them out at home. Uh, Barry McCann, simple question. Powerful responses asks, favorite anime? I don't watch a lot of anime, but Bakano has been my favorite. What is that all about? It's very uh, asymmetrical storytelling, kind of jumping around all these different stories and characters mm. uh, surrounding this one train heist in the early 1900s. But it plays with like, you fi- spoilers, but you find out like certain characters have been alive for hundreds of years and then you get a flashback episode of like where they came from. Oh, what is it with you in this like Knicks area, era that you never stopped talking about? <laughs> I was born in the wrong time, man. Yeah, no good. <laughs> I should have died in surgery in 1905. 
Uh, Dan, it, it bums me out that you might not say Dragon Ball. No, because, My Hero Academia. That's um, amazing. Impossible. Like, Behind Great that show. would probably be Evangelion, and then I think probably Dragon Ball after that. Okay, Dragon Ball Z specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, an idea I had written down, by the way, like one of these nights while you're visiting here in Minnesota, it's like, I want to watch the 12th Dragon Ball Z movie with you at some point. Is uh, that the live action one? No, it's Fusion <laughs> Reborn, if you remember that one, sort mm. of if you've ever seen it. But I think I showed you a clip of it before, but it is bananas there, really. yeah, there, there are reasons specifically that he wants it is it. okay <laughs> yeah it's it's insane hmm. um serial what is the best i think it's probably cowboy bebop i know it's kind of like a basic i i'm into anime but oh i don't watch all the shonen stuff kind right, of right. answer <laughs> but I, I i went back and rewatched all of it recently and it holds up so so well i yeah. really like it it is uh, cool my Hero Academia is probably rising up pretty quickly. It's very rankings. good. I think it's very, very good. good. All right. Uh, Sean Mason says, hey, CLCs, my 25th birthday is a few weeks away. Growing up, I loved having my birthday party. Some of my, fa- Some of my favorite parties I had as a kid were a big sleepover with a lot of friends going, driving three hours from New York with my dad and a few friends to watch a Mets game at the Chase Stadium and going to Laser Gate to play Laser Tag. With that said, what are some of your favorite birthday parties slash memories from your childhood? Mm. 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 Magical time. Uh, my mom once told me that she was taking me and my friend Charlie to Worlds of Fun, which was the amusement park near Kansas City, which is about 45 minutes away from our house. And about two and a half hours into the drive, she was kind of looking at me being like, hey, so Danny, what are you, what are you excited for, for Worlds of Fun? I was like, yeah. She's like, you don't think anything's weird right now? That's usually 45 minutes away. We've been driving for two and a half hours. We're halfway through Missouri. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm excited. I can't wait to ride the Timberwolf. And, uh, <laughs> and she's like, okay, okay. And she kept going. My friend Charlie was starting to suspect stuff. Uh, turned out that night in, this was in 2000, it's my 16th birthday, uh, Monday Night Raw was there. And she got me to date uh, my best tickets I've ever gotten. Ooh. And so I was like ringside peak of like my teenage obsessive years yeah uh, yeah it was uh, uh yeah incredible incredible birthday oh that sounds nice i'm a simple man i see i think of like my greatest birthdays is like ooh, this would have been maybe 10th birthday something like that um i remember we got like an ice cream cake from dairy queen which mm-hmm. nothing best. beats it best. Yep. Mm-hmm. and then uh rented a nintendo 64 and got to play mario 64 I was like, okay, as somebody who didn't have that, like that was just a dream come true. Beautiful time. But also, this is weird, but I was thinking about this recently. Like I remember on my 10th birthday really being stressed out about like two digits. I'm so old. I'm going to die. Like I remember I had like a midlife crisis when turning from nine to 10. That's like so funny. Octo life crisis or something. Yeah. I don't know what the <laughs> what, hell it would be. Yeah. But I just remember through. being like, no. <laughs> Ask your mom, mom, what is even the point of anything if I'm if I, I got two digits? Yeah, and I had my mouth full of Dairy Queen ice cream cake and I was playing Mario 64 for the first time and I was like, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> just, This really is bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> uh Sean Mason just submitted that question, as we all recall. Uh, but Crystal Keyframes Crystal Keyframes Animation says, Hello, Minmax. What on average is the best part of a video game? The beginning, the middle, or the end? 
And they say we all have to come to a consensus. Middle. Great question. It's, it's a good middle question. because the beginning is usually a little too loaded up and like, ah, here's the world and the characters and crap. And uh, the end, a lot of times, overstays its welcome. And uh, you're yeah. ready for it to be done. You want to move on to other games and stuff like that. But the middle is you're in the groove. You've gotten the upgrades and stuff like that. You kind of know the the different things you can do gameplay wise. And you're still having fun with it. I would say the middle. I, but sure. at the same time, yeah, you're getting in the gameplay groove. But I think it's usually the least interesting interesting sections of the game they try and front load it with some interesting stuff and then the finale is inherently interesting i think i'd go the end like the vibes you get coming up at the end of a video game of like okay this is your last chance you you, if you go in this door it's gonna be the end like it's just so exciting compared to the middle that's the doldrums but i'm like checked out at that point like you know i'm playing uh i was playing ratchet and clank and like for the last like two weeks i've been to the part where it's like you talk to the guy and it's like oh this is no going back you know or you got to get all the collectibles now yeah and i haven't beaten it just because i was like well i want to kind of platinum this thing or whatever but i also i don't really kind of care to finish it i'm just still want to run around doing weapon stuff and everything i don't need to see the conclusion to the story you know it's gonna blow your mind when you see it though no it won't (laughs) (laughs) i also feel like middle is like the most amorphous Part of it where it's like the middle could be anything like like uh dan collecting the collectibles does that count as middle or is that the end like i feel like middle has mm. the most leeway for like whatever whenever so it I, wins because it's i more... think so because it could be so much more the, the question of middle is are most games good because it's like the core <laughs> gameplay loop is what you're into yeah. right right and they say on average is the best part of a video game like better than the beginning and end of that same video game. Yeah, I guess so. Interesting. A lot of games have strong beginnings, put all their a lot of resources into it because that's what everybody's going to see. Yeah. But I don't think that's nearly the majority. I think no. the beginning is out. And there's always like that development fable, the legend of like, you know, or just practice, like I guess it's probably a word for it of like, okay, you make the first level last. So your team knows all the tools well, knows what the game is, and then go back and make that opening level so you can really make that one pop, which is an mm. interesting idea. But it is usually either lore dump or spectacle. Like depends on the style of game, right? Mm-hmm. It's the most I feel like it's so lopsided. I kept thinking of the Metal Gears and the Metal Gears have very defined like beginnings, middles and ends. I think two, as much as I love two, that the tanker. That is that's probably the best part, right? I think middle's yeah. probably the weakest of two. Yeah. One's the strongest. I, I love the end of Metal Gear Solid 2, but you're not really playing a bunch. I, I feel like that, yeah, Metal Gear Solid 2 feels like it's the opposite of your argument of like the beginning is really yeah, strong, exactly, the yeah. ending is like There's incredible. a reason they don't call it Metal Gear Solid 2. Nice. nice. It's not. We don't need everybody, Leo, don't applaud for that. Just don't. I know that Discord, no, seriously, don't. Seriously, try, try not to. Drink your mug. No, 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 exciting because you're seeing new things you're learning everyone likes learning no i think about like so like god of war <laughs> the newest god of war yeah i was not super into that game that's a long game right the first like eight hours i wasn't super into it and yeah. then like in the middle when it's like oh man this keeps going and there's so much cool stuff and i'm like getting all this new armor and these new abilities and everything and then the end was really good too but i feel like that there's a big stretch of like 40 hours in the middle of god of war that i was like yeah this is in its it's hitting its stride you know I think ending. I also I don't <laughs> see the endings of any games that I don't love the middle of. That's, that's, that's true. just not the way you I play. Off, In order yeah. for the ending to be good, you have to you have see to love it. the middle. Right. So the middle has to be. Oh, okay, so is middle taking it? I think middle. I, 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 I say middle. Okay, there you go, Crystal. Giving it to the middle. Um, Victor Fam writes in and says, "Does criticism need to be eloquently or meticulously conveyed to be valid, or is it fair to just say a thing is dumb or bad?" It's, the floor is yours, Dan Reichert. Hundred <laughs> percent fair. 
I've, I've said this before, but it drives me nuts. There's something about games criticism where you're not allowed to say something's bad. Or it's like, this happened all the time. I would say something on Giant Bomb about like, yeah, this game sucks. And everybody would get mad and be like, well, that's, that's subjective. It's like, well, of course it's subjective. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, I mean, me saying I think this game sucks. And, and it's like, but... Is it no, that or just the tone that you're saying But here's the thing. You can say that with a million movies and no one bats an eye. Like if a movie, we're not professional movie critics, though. Like this is our passion. Is I you're supposed to be eloquent about this field? But I, I don't the, think you need to be eloquent. I think you just need meticulous. to state. I think you just need to say why. Like if you say a game is bad, yeah. at least say why. Like I don't like the combat. Like sure, it's bad because the combat sucks or whatever. Yeah. Like it had a middle. I, I, I think and it I don't can like be middle. that but simple. That's, that's the thing. I, I said Red Dead Redemption Two and Death Stranding suck, and then I also explained in great detail all the time why I think they suck. But people still get mad if you just say a game sucks, and it's like, well. Of course, it's a subjective opinion. I've never understood that. Yeah, there's I've no objective. That. Like some people might love that. I know you, you love Red Dead Redemption too. Yeah, like so for you, that's a great game. For me, it sucks. And both of these opinions I, are true. I've seen you know? that discourse come back lately. Of like, just say you don't like something. That doesn't mean you can say acknowledge something is good while not liking it. And it's like, no, I don't have to acknowledge Death Stranding good. is good. I think Death Stranding sucks. I'm not going to acknowledge it's good. And you know? I don't think Red Dead 2 is inherently a good game. But it's just it's all subjective. It. Yeah. <laughs> Who gives it? It's, it's opinion. Yeah. When I you think, say something's good, that's an opinion. I, Nothing is yeah, just yeah. good. I, yeah. As someone who likes Death Stranding, I, I think that's totally fine to just like. So Surreal's bad. Yeah. Okay. There we go. That's <laughs> but not why, an opinion. Why am I bad? <laughs> You're always asking What do you think of my combat? <laughs> his combat sucks I can yeah, kick his ass really cool. easily <laughs> sorry did Aww. you have another part to that sentence surreal or no I I, I I think that like I think the reason people get annoyed at that stuff is that like there are certain games that always feel like they come up and then like you know if you, if you listen to a podcast or something and people always are just like disagreeing with you about that game like for like uh, like if we if I don't know. Is there a game that we're kind of famous for not liking or liking too much? Uh, like, I feel like if that just becomes the current of like the only thing we mention about a game is like whether it, that it's bad. And that's like, OK, moving on of like at every mention of this game, we just say the one thing and then we move on. I think yeah. that's when people get annoyed. But in terms Maybe, of yeah. like talking about the game, I think saying as long as you're able to say I don't like it and here's why. I think that's just like the the basis of all criticism is like at least right. saying why that's maybe the, yeah. the baseline yeah origami mm. king i was thinking of recently i don't know I'm trying to think of like <laughs> that's, that's a rough one yeah what it seemed like your eyes were lighting up for games like, oh when i was thinking of games that like you guys i don't know who all loves this river or it might just be you i feel like the love for final fantasy 7 remake here oh, is like sure. way like i think some people like that game a decent amount but i feel like you guys were did, did you give a game of the year or something honestly yeah it, it wow. to be fair I wasn't fighting for it for game of the year. I said why I loved it, and then Anna came out swinging hard, and she also loved it, and I feel like that tipped the scales. Yeah. I feel like just from what I've heard through osmosis about you guys and everything, I feel like that's the one where it's like, oh, I feel Min Max and Final Fantasy VII Remake is like way beyond the usual, you know, the consensus on that yeah. game, you know? You're not going to say anything bad about that game right now, are you? I enjoyed my time with it. I, I, dropped it. It. I, I got, I was so tired of it by the end, uh, I asked uh, Bianca about it because she beat it and was not hot on it by the end. And I said, okay, if I'm at this part where I'm climbing some big thing, how much time do I have left? And she's like, you got like five hours left. I'd already put like 50 hours in. I was like, I don't want to spend another five <laughs> hours in this game, so I just yeah. stopped playing. Yeah, it's your problem, man. <laughs> uh, Mark Ramirez uh, has a little uh, nice comment saying, the world needs to know that 
The Lord of the Rings commentary tracks from MinMax are some of the funniest MinMax content. I've almost been in tears laughing so hard. If you don't have access to the exclusive podcast on Patreon, up your tier, says Mark. Mm. Isn't that nice, Leo? I was enjoying the Two Towers one on the way here. You were listening to it? I was. Oh, I, that's funny. The Idaho bit was very funny. <laughs> Looking for MinMax listeners in Idaho. We were searching through <laughs> the analytics. Look, it's freaking Two Towers. So what are you going to do? <laughs> so like in the middle of it, we like went through trying to find... Yeah, how many listeners we have in Idaho and we do like all our analytics and it was like zero? During a commentary track? <laughs> it's two towers. You can only talk about the writers of Rohan for an hour and a half and you gotta keep going after that. <laughs> well, you had to split the time up between the towers. You, That's right. Like, you spent right. the first half talking about one tower. Yep, and... yep, yep. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to that, Leo. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We're doing a Return of the King soon with Ronnie and it looks like at least one of the E3 kings will be joining us. Uh, Jeff Cork will be jumping in, so that should be a fun time. Nice. I like the B stuff. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell Jeff that tonight, too. <laughs> I hope you like B stuff, because my basement has been swarming with them, Dan, and you're going to sleep yeah. down here tonight. my dad's so. place? Oh, yeah. He's got wasps. That's right. Uh, ben Van Houten says, do you ever experience a free time paralysis where your free time feels so precious because it seems like you have to squeeze all of your recreation, socialization, relaxation, etc., into a scant few hours a week? How do you break out of it, especially with something as big a time investment as video games? That's tough. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that. And sometimes it's a matter of not being motivated to play, like, any games at all. You know, I know yeah. certain ones I would have fun with, but I'm just not feeling that yeah. pull. I think the, 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 the easiest way to kind of break that is to acknowledge that you kind of just don't want to play a video game. Right? It's like right. of, of thinking, oh, I'm not really, like, clicking with anything. And then you just realize, oh, I just want to watch TV. I don't want anything that's, like... I'm not in the mood for a video game right yeah. now. It's yeah. a YouTube clip and beer kind of night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I so rarely have any free time these days. And so my thing that I've just defaulted to anytime I do is find some kind of podcast type game where, uh, you know, it's just, I don't need to think I don't, I, I've been doing this with ratchet Yeah. and then I just put on, I, I downloaded this like 400 episode playlist of eighties Letterman and I'll just put that on over there. And cause I mean, that was growing up. I would just watch Letterman have a game on or something yeah, like yeah. that. And so I'm just kind of recreating that with stuff before my time. And so it's so yeah, just playing games, watching Letterman. That, that's my free time thing I do whenever I get it. You had dual monitors back then? I had my <laughs> computer here and then I had my little CRT over there. So I'd, you know, have Dave and Daily Show and all that stuff on over there, Conan. And then I would just be playing games and doing stuff over here. Yeah, it makes so. for a really boring Twitch stream, but I guess you know how to do it. You're blowing up on Twitch. So <laughs> this is cool. Just watching old Dave. <laughs> just <laughs> off screen. Yes. Telling chat to shush. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do just wind up at like three in the morning, like yelling at the, the youngsters about like, let me tell you about, please stop calling me chief. <laughs> this old Dave left. Do you remember that? No. Oh, God. It's it's, this is, I'm describing it, it won't be as funny. Mm -hmm. But he would I, go to, I beg to differ. He would Every, go everybody to, get ready. He would go to Rupert's Deli. Yeah. And this, I, no one ever talks about this, and I think it's the funniest damn thing in the world. And there are always tourists out there just wanting to get on Letterman's show. So he'd bring the camera over there, and Letterman would talk through the, you know, kind of through the camera. He would pull a tourist in, and they would not know that they were on a game show called Please Stop Calling Me Chief, which had its own <laughs> theme song and everything, which is just Letterman <laughs> talking to a tourist through a camera, being like, How's it going, Chief? Uh, doing pretty good. It's like some 18 year old kid. It's like, uh, Oh, yeah, where are you from, Chief? Uh, I'm from uh, Florida. Uh, how long have you been in New York, Chief? It's like, uh, and so the only way to win was to say, please stop calling me Chief, but no one knew that. And if you said it, you won a big platter of uh, a deli tray from so Rupert's funny. Deli, and no one ever won the game show. Let him just so call funny. people Chief for like three minutes. <laughs> That's really good. It is still unthinkable to me, Dan, that you have not gotten into Larry Sanders. Like, as somebody who I watched loves, the documentary you told me about? Yeah, the documentary, but like watching that show, like that show is so 
so great. It's you nothing but just late night drama. It's so up your I damn did alley. Watch, I actually, after I watched the documentary, I watched a few episodes and I okay. intended to do more. But again, the free time is it's precious. But you should just just keep it's trying a, to keep it's going. Good. It's, it's, good. it's some good nineties nostalgia. Rick I like Torn is like yeah. yeah, one of my favorite characters of all time on that show. I, so I think good. I would like that show a lot. Yeah. I, I should watch that. Absolutely. Uh, did you watch the second half of that documentary yet? I watched the whole thing. Oh, did you? I oh, I so, yeah. you watched the first half. No, I did the whole thing. Oh, great. Yeah, it was great. Oh, so everyone's happy here at the table? Oh, yeah, it's good. Every, everything's fine. <laughs> I can find, Hanson, when you give me the hard pitch on something, you know my taste pretty well. Right, you gave me right, the hard right. pitch on the Jinx. Yeah. You gave me the hard pitch on that Larry Sanders thing. Yeah. Uh, I feel like whenever you're serious about something like that, you... Here's something weird that I've noticed. Let me tear you apart. No, sure, it's like, I, like I've heard you say that exact thing to like Mike Mahardy on Fire Escape. Mm-hmm. Like you repeat yourself a lot. I think I, I do. I, I hate that, but yes. But I've noticed there's a pivot that's happened where I feel like I was always your go-to for like Hanson's so weird. Look how weird he is. And that maybe too, just still. I, I know, and I don't want that attention to be clear. But like <laughs> on Fire Escape, I feel like Mike has become the new Mike. You're so weird. Look how weird Mike is. Or like when you have the PAX panel, like it's a different kind. I know of weird. it's totally weird. It's but I feel a like very you different. You need kind your weird. like weird punching bag a little bit. I feel like of like yeah. I, I, I like guy. knowing weird characters, and they can okay. be weird for different ways. You're you're a very hard to describe weird. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's no, it's sweet. it's good. It's endearing. Oh. you know, but it's you're fucking weird. Okay. Cool, yeah. man. Thanks. <laughs> Are you enjoying that podcast still? Uh, the Firescape? Yeah. Making Firescape? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's a podcast I make. Yes. Yes, I'm having a blast with it. It's cool, incredible. Man. I'm happy to hear that. Um, Dr. Bob Buell, MD, writes in and oh, says, congrats. Howdy, cohorts, and Mr. Reichert. Uh, it's time to play America's fastest growing game show sensation, Earthbound Enemy or Ska Band. Oh, God. So in Excellent. every matchup below, one option is the name of an enemy from the Earthbound game, and the other is the name of a Ska Band. Can you guess which is the real Earthbound enemy? I'm not looking at your screen now. Thank you. Leo, Sonic Boom 6 or Mighty Bear 7? <laughs> which is the Earthbound enemy? Uh, the second one. Correct! Dan, Kung Fu Monkeys or Urban Zombies? Which one are you asking me? Which is Earthbound? First one. Incorrect. That's Urban Zombies. Serial, uh, Master Blaster or Robo Pump? <laughs> uh, RoboPump. He says RoboPump. That's correct. Leo, which is Earthbound? Psychic Psychos or Stubborn All Stars? Stubborn All Stars. Psychic Psychos is Earthbound. I'm sorry. Uh, Dan, Ego Orb or Rude King? <laughs> one. Uh, first one. Is... Ego Orb is Earthbound? Yeah. Correct. God, I wouldn't have gone that Leo, way. Look at the washing machine. Uh, <laughs> make you happy. He's happy. Surreal. Uh, high school football heroes or new age retro hippies? New Age Retro Hippies. Correct. Leo, Pie Tasters or Manly Fish's Brother? <laughs> <laughs> Manly Fish's Brother. That is an Earthbound enemy. Serial, <laughs> uh, French Kiss of Death or Choking Victim? Choking Victim? Gross. No, French Kiss of Death mm. is Earthbound enemy. Have you ever seen um, this art? I thought you were going to show me someone choking to death. No, uh, it's called The Dream of the Fisherman's Wife. It's this famous Japanese painting that's made by like the same uh, artist that made like the classic wave, you know, like the Japanese painting of the oh, wave. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He also did this other art. Yeah, he did. Very yeah, heads he up, did. everybody. Yeah. This is not safe for work if you want to Google this at home, but like it is bonkers with an octopus and a, a wife. Oh, oh, that's what's going on. That's oh, what's going on. Good Isn't God. It absurd? Yeah. But it's like from the 1800s. It's just wild. Jeez. Yeah, don't Google it at home, everybody. Um, hey, that's Google it for it community work. questions. Uh, oh. 
What do y'all think for a question of the week? I liked 2D or 3D with those Nintendo ones. The very first one. I like that. Okay. I mean. That was good. It's good. I like the food we used to hate. Now yeah. we like. Sure, I like sure. the skill tree dilemma. Real life skill, skill tree. Good. Yeah. I mean, the beginning, middle, and end is one of those good, simple ones that I've never considered before. True. I don't want to do a whole podcast on beginning, yeah. middle, and end. Mm. I know. Yeah. I, I like that late? painting. Okay. You <laughs> like the yeah. Fisherman's Wife stream <laughs> painting. Okay. Uh, all right, Dan. I mean, you're the guest. You get to choose who gets I feel spinch. like last time I picked one, you gave me crap for my I'm pick not, I promise I won't give you any crap. I'm fine. I think beginning, middle, and end is good too. So you're so you're going with beginning, middle, and end. Is that are we doing a consensus or are we doing? I'm letting ones? you fully do pick. that one. Pick a crazy one. Two D three. God, you're terrible at this, Dan. <laughs> but congratulations to VRG. You win question of the week. What so I made it. Story. We almost didn't even read it. Yeah, I know you're right. Yeah, we'll ship out that grand prize. Way to go. Uh, now it's time for something we like to call get a load of this. Leo, I want you to want us to enjoy your get a load of this. Get a load of this. Perhaps the most important get a load of this I've yet brought. Yeah. Uh, I'm always watching movies, whether I've downloaded them, streaming them, watching them on Blu-ray, whatever. Characters speaking another language, no subtitles. Am I supposed to be seeing subtitles? Yeah, yeah. 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 And I thought my Shark Tank idea would be I'll make a website <laughs> where you can look that up. And that website does not exist, and we st it still could, but online there is a Google spreadsheet that I don't know who is running, who fills out, or whatever. It's currently at about a thousand movies, and all it has is what type of subtitles there are, or are supposed to be. Like, whether they're hard-coded, or they're separate, and what scenes you're supposed to be seeing subtitles in. For, like, every movie? <laughs> uh, I, I think it, it, it intends to be for every movie. Right now it's about a thousand. Wow. wow. Very good. Love it. Dan, what do you got? Um, I have long been trying to remember the name of this show that uh, I watched as a young child, and I thought in my head, it's like, I remember watching the show religiously. I thought it was about two guys that got sucked into a video game or something, not Freakazoid. Um, and I was like, what, what was that? Reboot? And, I, and no, no, it was something way more obscure. Cause like I would Google this and couldn't find anything until I'm now officially becoming an old man. Who's just following like everything eighties and nineties kids on like Instagram and stuff and just nostalgia stuff. Uh. And I saw an image of it. It's, it's a bunch of like, Oh, I remember eating that Slimer thing or what it's, it's nice. It feels like an unhealthy area for you to go and do it. Yeah, it's, but. It's, it's nice nostalgia. I yeah. like it. One of them was a picture of the NBC Saturday morning lineup and it clicked into place. It was a show called Chip and Pepper. And if you look it up, it is the most aggressively 90s thing I've ever seen. Uh, 1991, it was on NBC's Saturday morning lineup. It was about, I've watched the intro. If you Google it, there are full episodes on there. At least watch the intro. Yeah. It is about two cartoon bulldogs that got sucked through a portal out of their cartoon and turned into California surfer dudes oh, who boy. are being uh, who are being like tortured and chased by a cartoon orange. Uh, but they also host a variety show. It actually has nothing to do with video games. I thought it did. But yeah, they like <laughs> it's so weird. They come out and there's like a live studio audience of children, but there's also like a wall with a bunch of holes and like gloved human hands coming out that they high five that are just disembodied. And it's just a wild intro to the show. All right. For Chip and Pepper. All right. Yes. There we go. I'll get okay. a little of that. All right. <laughs> I think it is interesting though, like in, in the Dan 2.0 model, it's like you got a house, you're like getting older, but then you're like really 
grab into your childhood in an interesting way in this phase of your life what's going on well, I, you know i've had the nostalgia like I've, i don't have nostalgia for games because i feel like all those games i've just kept playing since i've worked in games and stuff <laughs> right. so it's like i don't have nostalgia when i play mario 3 because i play it every yeah, year yeah, you know yeah. so it's like kind of this other stuff that like you know like oh i found my old pogs and and things like that kind of that that type of nostalgia that i'm like oh okay it's fun to just kind of scroll through a thing and see like oh urkel cereal i remember eating that you know <laughs> <laughs> and or no you know the ultimate one is I, I shipped back all of my now that I have space when I went back to Kansas about a month ago I shipped back all of my old gaming magazines yeah so I've been going yeah. through like old game pros and AGMs and game players from like mm. 1995 I sometimes go through them on stream with a document camera oh that's and it's fun. like it's fascinating because that's that's what I grew up on as far as like that's what made me want to go into games coverage which boy you read some of those magazines now <laughs> it is really something burn it all down I've been I've been fascinated by a cat I've, I've been repeating this line a, a lot lately. Uh, it's any Tomb Raider coverage from 90s gaming magazines nice. is, you can imagine. One of them was just a screenshot of Lara from like Tomb Raider 2 climbing up a thing and she's wearing her shorts and the caption was if only we could be those shorts <laughs> we could die knowing what true happiness is. And I just can't get that phrase. If only we could be those shorts. I think about that phrase a lot now. Do be the shorts. Instead of like, be good, have fun, let's go. Just be the shorts. If only we could, only be, we could be those shorts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it means in 2021, but I just like saying, if only I could be those shorts. Yeah, it really says it all. Uh, anyways, you got to say it is some sort of truism whenever it's like, you know, only I could be those Just shorts. be the shorts. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, lo- I broke up with my wife. Yeah. It's like, you know, man, hey, if man, only I could be those shorts. Say la vie, be the shorts. <laughs> <laughs> what does say la vie? Does it mean be the shorts? It mainly does, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Seize the shorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surreal. Yeah. Uh, so here's a... Uh, my recurring series of out of context tweets, which only has one other entry. Uh, so this is from Supper Mario Broth. Mm, good account. Mario Broth blog, which if you don't know is is basically this repository for Super Mario Brothers trivia. Uh, but I like that. This is the second tweet uh, in the thread, uh, which I, lo- I love encountering tweets this way. It's just like I have no idea what they're talking about. And you have to go do a little bit of research. Yeah. Uh, so they say regarding the previous tweet. I hope this small science themed departure from my usual content is acceptable. I simply thought the extremely similar sizes of human DNA and GameCube games were notable <laughs> enough to be documented. Regular content will now resume. What? God's How work. How does that work? GameCube games? <laughs> so here is, here is the context. Human DNA has an information storage capacity that very neat, neatly fits the size of a GameCube game. <laughs> yes. Thus, it would be possible with gene editing technology to store a copy of, for example, Super Mario Sunshine inside the human genome. Details and image. Well, you should do Twin Snakes if you're going to do anything. Uh, I'd go Sunshine. If I had to make my DNA a GameCube game, I would make it Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Jesus. Well, mine are dumb, but uh, hey, get a load of this. I don't want to get political or nothing, but uh, dear friend of the show, Grant, pointed something out to me recently i can't think it but he's like hey have you uh heard anything about this baron trump fella recently like donald trump <laughs> is he like son? seven and a half feet tall he's now? six foot seven <laughs> <laughs> wow. it's the last time i saw him is like in 2016 he was like awkwardly standing back there like oh, i guess we won yeah and now you look at photos of him and he's just sasquatch watching <laughs> walking around new york it's crazy tall <laughs> 
absurd. That's, Too tall for a kid. That's gonna, is, is, is he a kid? This guy is this tall? Yeah, he's like 15 or uh, okay. something. Like that's he's never going to stop growing. That's pretty tall. It's absurd. <laughs> wow. I think he will eventually. Hopefully. I don't. I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, jeans. <laughs> All right. Yeah, 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 cool. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about this GameCube talk. Uh, hey, get a load of this from the community. Uh, we have a channel in the community Discord which you get access to if you support us at any tier on Patreon and people share new stuff all the time. It's the greatest news feed around. Um, Nick from Atlanta posted uh, something that none of us brought up very shamefully, I suppose. Um, but uh, the Olympics opening ceremony, they kept playing video game music. Did you see this? Like somebody tweeted at me that they played Frog's theme from Chrono Trigger during the opening ceremony at the Olympics when people were all like walking out and stuff. So Nick from Atlanta shared the official list from the Tokyo Olympics of the video game music that they played. They played the Victory Fanfare from Final Fantasy, Edric's theme from Dragon Quest, Slay's theme from Tales of from the Tales series, Monster Hunter music, Kingdom Hearts, Ace Combat, uh, Winning Eleven, Sonic the Hedgehog. They played Starlight from Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't even know what that is. Gradius music, Near music, Song of the Ancients, Soul Calibur music, The Brave New Stage of History Dan, no. the Saga series. So, hey, representing some good D- music from the Japan. The DK rap? <laughs> I thought it was a bold move, yeah. Composed by Grant Kirkhope. Not Japanese, man. But, hey, yeah. gotta get in there. Uh, that's it. Thanks so much, everybody. Uh, let's see. Things to plug. Yeah, The Deepest Dive on Dead Space. You can check it out on Minimax's YouTube channel. Uh, if you support us on Patreon, you unlock the podcast version of those discussions. They're very fun, as well as all the other Deepest Dives and the commentary tracks for uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, a bunch of other stuff. We had a bonus video go up talking about the best way to speak into a microphone from a radio professional. It's kind of a, a fun, quirky thing. Uh, the Patreon-exclusive podcast, Minimax Council, story and mm-hmm. I... Spending two hours answering fun community callers. Uh, I had fun. I had fun. I hope I, the community did too. I hope you will too. That's right. Uh, Dan, what would you like to plug, man? Uh, my three main side things there. I got uh, <laughs> the, the Twitch, the three main side things. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Twitch.tv slash Dan Reichert. Uh, I stream at least a couple times a week. Uh, a whole variety of weird stuff that I'm having a lot of fun with. Uh, we got uh, Panning the Stream. It's a podcast I do with my wife, Bianca. We watch stuff on streaming, movies, and TV, and we talk about it. And the Fire Escape Cast. That is my video game podcast with Mike Mahardy and Mary Kish. We do it every other week. It is a nice, long, loose conversation that is... Uh, we always bring it around to video games, but it's also very prone to to tangents and things like yeah. that. But we, we have a lot of fun making that. I, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Thank it's you. It's like I know the vibe you're going for is like we want this to feel like a late night at the bars. and It's, it's just an actual conversation. That's it. I, it, that's I don't right. like to make it too overproduced. It's just like, hey, let's get on and let's talk. And that's what we do. Leo, you want to write that down for Min Max in the Future? Actual conversation. <laughs> Yeah, just write it on the big cup. Thanks. Um, <laughs> hey, thanks to everybody at the Thank You Crew over on Patreon for supporting us at the $50 tier. You can add your name to the list if you'd like throughout the month of August or the next month after that. Nobody knows what it is. But thank you to Hello Hyrule Podcast, I Am 8-Bit, Fixed Your Gaming, Mirko Rico Torreno, Beaten Down Brian, Zachary Pliggy, Andrew Ukerwitz, Jawar Hello, Mark Zelliga, PrettyGoodPrinting.com, Connor McKay, Ludwig Roque, John Higby, Best of the Rest Podcast, Andrew Valla, Logan Krauss, Spiral in Your Eyes, Drew Warrenis, Clint Farley, Spider Dan, Purebred Number 6, Starkiller, Steve Bamdad, Slick Nick, Pretham Legata. Thanks so much, everybody. If only we could be these shorts. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>